Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends on a brand spanking new episode of Rock Metal Combat Podcast with uh, the little bitch uh, Slobzilla and his little boyfriend uh, Brown Sabbath. Fucking quiz! You guys can go straight to hell. Fuck them. Let's get naughty. Hey, Schmackamagab and Bang Bang Pizza Skulls, it is I, the ghost of Mick Mars. And with me is... Oh yeah! The new guitar player for Pantera, Wadzilla. Yeah, Wadzilla. What's up, brother? Um, not much, man. What's up with you? Man, I am excited. It's a, it's a Friday night. I was waiting for the fucking weekend. And, and this is the calm before the storm, man. We're going to record this episode tonight, and then I got to work this weekend. Not like work work, but I got to fucking clean off my deck, if you know what I mean. What, jack off? I'm getting a brand new deck, a new metal deck. You know, you know, you remember hanging out on my deck. What, you're going you're gonna to take out all the wood and put metal? Oh, man, all that shit's getting taken down. And I'm getting a brand new deck, and uh, yeah, so I got I got to move everything off it this weekend. But then I'm gonna have a nice new hard deck, and uh, it's about time. Wow, it's it's about time. We're gonna have a party, man. I I thought you knew this. I I talked to your parents about this. Yeah, my my parents are old and senile. Oh man, you know your parents like to come here. You know they like to come to Harrah's and everything. And uh, I, I told him, like, come over by my place. And your dad's like, uh-uh, ain't no way I'm getting up on your deck. You know, yeah. I ain't let my, my wife nowhere near your deck. There's no <laughs> way she, there's no way she's coming on your deck, you know. Like uh, she hasn't before. <laughs> I, I know, but, you know, your, your dad said enough's enough. And I was like, the band? He's like, no, no, but my wife is not coming on your deck. Uh, so I so I had to do something about it. Well, I was yeah. thinking of getting a, a new dick. Oh, yeah, oh. Uh, but I, I, I'm kind of torn. I know I'm getting mine chopped off because I I, I should announce it now. I am going to be a tranny, Rafaela. For now on, Rafaela. <laughs> hey, I, I love you just the same, man. It, yeah, it, yeah, you still got the butthole you can bang. Yeah, it's nothing, like life yeah. life agony all over again. Yeah, nothing different there. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's exciting, though, because I can't wait till, you know, you come back again, you know, and your parents come back again, and everybody's all up on my deck. The metal deck. Yeah, yeah. But your dad was all cool when I was talking about it. I love your parents. Your your parents. Well, that makes makes one of us. Oh, no, man. I I love your parents. I'm all whack-whack grunge, bro. Yeah. Daddy, yeah. you pay too much attention to me. <laughs> your, your dad's. I, I love how your parents have nicknames for me. Your, 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 your dad calls me Chewy. Yeah. And, I, and I, I was like, I asked him, I'm like, man, why you call me Chewy? You know, it's like Star Wars. He goes, no, because it looks like all you do is fucking eat, you fat fuck. Oh, I was, man, I, was, I was like, come on. Now that was rude. I, I, I know. I, yeah, my dad loves that fat shaming. I know. I, I hey, hey, your mom ain't better. Your mom ain't better. Your your mom calls me uh, Chunky Wigglestick. Kick. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, 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 get over here, Chunky Wigglestick. 
Uh, oh man! But you know, I got you know, like I, I call your dad Poppy, you know, and uh, you know he's like, hey, why, why you call me Poppy? You know, is it because I'm like a dad to you? And I'm like, no, it's because I used to go to your house to buy heroin. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. He still does. Still, he's got better, better stuff. I'm on it now. <laughs> but no, I'm all excited about my brand new deck, and I can't wait to have everybody all up on my deck. So you know, yeah. it, it's gonna be some work tomorrow. You know, on Sunday, but you know what? Tonight, tonight is party time. We wouldn't, we would invite Terrence to your deck, but he doesn't leave his room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that fuck, that fuck. I, I, I hear you've got some new Terrence news. Yes, and it's total wishful thinking on this idiot. He oh, says, he says, inside news, we're breaking up again. Really? <laughs> yep. Oh man, and, uh, we we got in a fight and we're breaking up again. He, him of all people knows knows what's going on with it. Oh well, you know he's got that Cro-Magnon fucking head. I don't know. Maybe we can see in the future. Maybe we'll break up after this episode. I doubt it. I, I heard some other shit Terrence was saying on the internet. He said uh, he said that I got uh, Mark Allen Taylor banned. I saw that. Yeah, I actually uh, it was a screenshot. Yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah. I saw, uh, Chuck Charles. Chuck yeah. Charles, I saw, made a post about it. You know, and I'm thinking, like, I love that he thinks I have this much power. Because if I could cancel Mark, I would. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd make sure he doesn't do a podcast or a radio show. I don't have that much power. Why the fuck would you do that to Mark and not Terrence? How is Terrence still on, on Facebook if you had that power? I, I have no idea. But Which, you know by what? the way, I got to bring this up because I don't think I've ever okay. mentioned this. Okay. You know, Terrence had that one page that he claims he deleted. Dude, Which that, one's that? The, the YouTube page. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, yeah. He claimed he deleted it, which is a bunch of bullshit because that page had like a thousand or maybe two thousand subscribers because he was putting up music videos. People didn't subscribe for him. Right. Like put up these music videos that people were liking and subscribing. And then he said, oh, I took it down. There's no way that fucker would t- take down his shit and just be on his little Bobo one that's not even a thousand. Well, and, the, funny, the funny thing is I saw a post that he made uh, where he said that we were claiming we had it taken down. Well, we did, though, because it wasn't just me and you. It was all our listeners, because remember... He put up one of the, I forget, one of the many bashing videos on us. Yeah. Might have been the Brown Sabbath one, I don't know. And right. we did say that on the group page. Report it. Report it. Yeah. And yeah, that's how it was taken down. Well, I, I on the post he said he blamed it on Don Henley. I thought that was funny. Oh, that's right. Because of he the said, copyright he, he, he said it wasn't us, it was... It was Don Henley. That doesn't so, happen because I get copyright strikes all the time. They never taken down my page. <laughs> we took it down. RMCP Army, bitch. And he can't he can't admit it. Cause you know, he's so proud that he took down the rock and metal. Well, we got you back, bitch. Well, we might have got his page taken down, but I can see why I blame Don Henley, because he sold more records. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He talked about Don Henley because he sold a lot. <laughs> Exactly. A lot of people love that end of the innocent shit. <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh, 
I'll I, I tell you what, we got no new iTunes, no new Podbean, uh, nothing like that. But holy fuck, is there some news this week? And uh, we might as well get into the, the, the big headline story that has just got everybody's panties in a bunch. Yep. And that is uh, this new Pantera uh, reunion. Holy fuck, are people upset about this shit? Yeah, I'm not really upset. I mean, I do see why people would be upset, but at the same time, people just love to bitch. You know? Yeah, I said, well, you know, you know what I did the other day? I took a picture of two pennies. You know, to talk about in an offhanded way the, the Pantera thing, and I wrote, here's my two cents on what everybody's bitching about. Because I ain't gonna bitch about nothing unless it's Sammy Hagar. And then I put hashtag Sammy Hagar lives rent free in my head. True story. It is true. You know, people what? say that to me all the time. Sammy Hagar lives rent free in your head. I'm like, well, duh. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Of course he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I gotta tell you though, I'm upset about this shit. I I think I think it's absolute horseshit. And what I think is absolute horseshit is all these pussies bitching about this fucking thing. Like, goddamn, really? Oh my god. You're going to get a chance to hear some of the greatest metal songs ever written uh, with a great guitar player who happened to be Dimebag's best fucking friend and with Charlie Benante who's like tied nut and nut with Dave Lombardo is the best thrash drummer of all time. I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know if you saw this. Charlie pulled out. Wait. Dude, just minutes ago, look at look at uh, Blattermouth said Charlie can't do it because of the anthrax schedule. Now they got Chuck Charles on drums. Oh, okay. Okay, well, still. It's going to well, be fucked up, though, man. You're going to go up there and fucking see Pantera, and all he's going to do is play Oasis drum tracks. They'll work around it. They'll <laughs> work around it. There'll be so many fucking pinch harmonics you won't notice. Chuck Charles on the drums. <laughs> Ah. I, I'm serious though. These fucking people bitched about this shit. Now, granted, I can see where it's weird calling this Pantera and not just like a tribute to Pantera. But, you know, I saw the video you made. And, uh, you know, you brought up some, some great points and some obvious points. Uh, yeah, uh, well, the guy behind this isn't Doc McGee, it's his brother, Scott. But, oh, uh, I didn't know that. Oh, I fucked up. I'm surprised yeah. nobody called me out on that yet. Oh, they didn't? I, I didn't see the comments. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. No, it, it, no. It, it, it's his brother. They they split a few years back, and his brother started his own, uh, like, 1% management, because that's probably what he makes, 1% of what Doc McGee makes. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so he's behind it, and... Everybody knows this isn't Pantera. And I bet you, you know, if Phil and Rex had their way, I don't think it would be called Pantera. I think this is totally a marketing thing. And I I, I would bet the fucking farm at every fucking show, Phil is going to say as much and going to say this is a tribute, you know, and there's going to be 
video tributes and all kinds of shit and great shit spoken about the Abbott brothers and shit, you know? Uh, but goddamn, to, to go out and hear these fucking songs again, you know, what else you got out there? Fucking Motley Crue and fucking Death Leopard getting their ass by fucking Poison? And you fucking fucks are going to complain about hearing Pantera songs with Phil, Rex, Zach Wilde, and Charlie Benente? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Crying fucking bitches. You are going to hear some great fucking metal. And there's so many people who, unfortunately, unlike, you know, you and myself, didn't get to see Pantera 11 fucking 12 times like we did. You know, and it's gonna be a tribute. It's not Pantera, like you said. They're not gonna make new music and call it Pantera. Yeah, that, that shit. That what I I would think is wrong. That shit ain't happening though. You that know would, that. That, ain't would, that would upset me. Yeah, you know that shit ain't happening. If there was new music, there's no way in fucking. There's no way. There's no fucking way that that they would do that. You know, but it's like. You get to hear these fucking songs by four amazing musicians, and you're gonna fucking cry. You know what it reminds me? Like lately, I've been on a fucking Star Wars kick. Watched all the fucking Star Wars, all that shit, man. All the fucking TV shows, all that shit. Been enjoying the fuck out of it. But you go online, all you see is a bunch of middle-aged fucking crybabies. Boba Fett would never say that, you know. Get the fuck out of here, brother. Man, Star Wars been shit since the fucking Ewoks. You know? And you're gonna fucking cry and bitch and moan like everything's the fucking Holy Grail. What's so you know? good about Boba Fett? That's the thing that really does fucking... What did he ever do except be clumsy and fall in that hole? Right. Now, hey, I love Boba Fett, but you know what? It's fucking kid shit for fucking kids and we're adults watching it. And fucking complaining about it. Well, well, look, I never saw the Boba Fett show or whatever, but explain to me. What did I miss? Why is Boba Fett a badass? I, I don't know. He just, he, he looks cool. And, uh, you know, he, he had a toy that would kill you if you if you shot it in your mouth like a fucking idiot. And, uh... Okay, I stand corrected then. Yeah, you know, and, and he, he took away Hound Solo and fucking Carbonite, you know? But... You know, you know, these fucking people who just want to complain, and I get that. I mean, people love on this show when you shit on stuff. But you're going to shit on being able to hear fucking Pantera songs by the original vo vocalist and the original bass player. You know, it, it's... Really? Is that all you got to do is fucking complain? And if you don't like it, don't go fucking see it. Just like me you know? and with the stadium show. Yeah, with the stadium tour, with, with the, the fucking Kiss Farewell bullshit. You know, you, going. you got no problem sucking fucking the, the dick of fucking, you know, Fake Fraley and Cheater Chris, you know. And, oh, that's cool, and it's going to be the last time. But you don't want to hear fucking goddamn Domination live again? Go fuck yourself. I love fucking how... Fucking bunch I, of crybaby pussies. I love how Kiss Quad say, hey, look, if it wasn't for... Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer, yeah, Kiss wouldn't be around today. I'm like, what? Is that a good thing? Yeah. You know, and again, I mean, 
got you got Zach fucking Wild, who you know, regardless of what you think about the pinch harmonics and all that bullshit, that guy can play the phone book. And more importantly, he was fucking Dimebag's best friend. Okay? I, I mean, Dimebag had a fucking black label tattoo on his fucking arm. You know, they were thick as thieves, you know, the, the same with Vinny. And the only reason this shit didn't happen earlier was because of Vinny blaming fucking Phil for, for Dimebag's death. You know? That's the only reason this shit wasn't done years ago. Okay? Just be happy you can hear the fucking songs. And, and, and you know what really pisses me off even more? Like, all these people acting like it's the fucking end of the earth. You, you know, I just think of that meme where they show that, that you know, that, that trans-testicle crying because Trump won. You know? that That's how I see all these Pantera fucking people fucking crying. Okay? That, that girl with the glasses like... Aah. You know, you're going to hear amazing music, and, and, and you think this is atrocity, and, and that shows you the age difference, because you and me lived through real atrocity. We yeah, lived, Van Hagar. We lived through the fucking Holocaust, and I don't mean that Holocaust that Terrence denies. Yeah. I'm talking about the musical Holocaust that was Van Hagar. Yeah. Okay? So I don't want to hear this fucking shit. And there was plenty of fucking bitches who went and saw that atrocity. That fucking... That was... Oh. Oh, my... There, there's, there's a documentary on the fucking Holocaust. I don't know if you ever saw it. It's called Lie Without a Net. <laughs> yeah, you ought to see all the people that were killed at that fucking event. And you're bitching about this. You know, I'd like to see... Steven Spielberg make a fucking movie about that shit, but he can't because it's too atrocious to even show on film. You know, pe people wouldn't be able to handle it in the theaters if you saw Sammy Hagar front Van Halen. You know, and people gonna cry about seeing fucking, you know, Pantera. Yeah, it's not fucking Pantera. It's a tribute to Pantera. Get the fuck over it. Uh, I mean, what better way could you spend your money? I mean, I mean, I mean, look at this shit, the stadium fucking tour, you know? You got fucking uh, Judas Priest don't even have KK or Glenn Tipton. You got fucking Queensryche without fucking Jeff Tate. You got all this fucking shit, and you're going to bitch about this, that you get to hear these amazing fucking metal songs again? Get the fuck out of here. Fucking bunch of goddamn pussies. Yeah, I can see, like, like I said in that video, so many bands are out there without key members, and all these people bitching will go see those bands. Yeah, yeah, you'll go see that shit with no problem, but, but you can't see this. And, and, and again, it's not fucking Pantera. I know they're calling it that, and I'm surprised, actually. I, I, I really thought, you know, it was going to be this, and then they were going to say it was a tribute, but you know what this is? It's, it's marketing. It, it's marketing. I, I really, I believe with all my heart, I'd bet the farm if, if Phil and Rex could get away with it, you know, logistically, they wouldn't call it Pantera. Well, that's what I said in the video. I said, you know, Phil is running around with the illegals doing nothing but Pantera yeah. in clubs. You know, I mean, you put Pantera on it, all the sheeple will come out. And it'll yeah. be, but, but honestly, dude, let, let's be honest here. 
If Phil was to come to New Orleans with the illegals, do another but Pantera's song yeah. or to Miami, to me, it's the same thing if it's called uh, uh, Pantera or illegals. I'd go just to hear those Pantera hey. songs. Hey, I went and saw Phil and the fucking illegals, and they played a couple Pantera songs, and people went fucking nuts because they want to hear those fucking songs. You know? Yeah, I know. It's it's just a marketing thing that drives people nuts. Fuck them. I, you know, I I've just been, you know, in the video and everything else. It's like, look, I understand you're pissed, but I, I want to see it. Yeah, I, but I'm not pissed. No, and, and these same people will go fucking see fucking Scab Kiss and and see Tommy Thayer sing New York Groove and and oh well, Ace doesn't want to do it. <laughs> You know, and they're going to bitch about Pantera. Get the fuck out of here. You're going to hear a band that's a gazillion times better and more talented than your precious fucking kiss, you fucking nerds. You know, you know, you know, Katen from Hyrax? Yeah, I love Kate. I love Hyrax. He put up a picture the other day. He's wearing a Def Leppard shirt where all you see on the shirt is Pete Willis and Steve Clark. How cool is that? That's that's hot. That's fucking badass. I was like, I want that shirt. You know? Fuck. That's hot. I own, I own a, a Onto the Night and High and Dry shirt. I own, yeah. that, that's it. I mean, I, I you know, I, I love Pyromania, but it doesn't have Pete Willis, like, physically on the album as far as pictured. So, dude, I just want to represent Pete Willis. Yeah. And, and, and I hope all these, these people bitching stay home. Stay home, because that's, that's what I do. You know, when fucking Kiss goes on a farewell tour or Motley Crue comes out of retirement, I stay the fuck home. Me I stay too. The fuck home. Even with a free ticket, I stay home. Yeah, quit, quit fucking crying. Now, if you want to goof, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with goofing. If you want to make a joke, but it's the crying. Like, you and me didn't fucking cry about fucking Kiss. We didn't fucking cry about fucking, you know, Motley Crue and all that shit. We made fun of it. You know, but these people are acting like the world's fucking ended. Like, we, we, we we goof more on the fans than the bands, actually. When it comes well, to Motley Crue and, oh, and yeah. it's well, more I, the fans that that support I, this crap. I I've said that from the word go. I don't. I hate Sammy Hagar fans ten times more than Sammy Hagar. He can't help it. That's a disability. You know, <laughs> it's the people who support him and say, "Yeah, good job." You know. Those are the fucking idiots. Those are the people that need to be wiped off the fucking planet. Are the fucking people, oh, yeah, I'll pay good money to see that. You know? And then sit there and bitch about this shit. Like, you know how amazing it would be to to go see Black Sabbath with, uh, you know, uh, Tony and fucking Bill, Bill Ward and Geezer and a guy who could sing? I'd be there in a fucking heartbeat. Oh, yeah. You know, Bill Ward would get me to go to see Black Sabbath. Fuck yeah, you know, and you got—I don't even care if Tony Iommi's there. Give me Bill Ward. You got the two living members going out there playing the songs that people know and love. The band that rescued the fucking '90s. A a band that to me is is up there with Black Sabbath as far as importance to fucking metal. And you're gonna get to hear these songs by the original singer, original bass player. And then you have two stellar musicians filling in for two people who are deceased. Okay? 
And you're going to fucking complain about that? You're going to fucking whine about that? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, unlike Def Leppard and Pete Wills is still alive and Ace and Peter is still alive. Yeah, you know, fucking kiss fucks. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Well, now, I'm, I want to go into a little kiss nerdism, though. Right. Um, and you, I don't know, you've probably seen it, probably not. Yeah, where, Are you aware of, oh, what's the guy's name from Halloween, the, the Donald Pleasant's character? Um, uh, uh, Dr. Sam, Loomis. Yeah, Sam Loomis. Yeah. Well, I guess you didn't hear about this. Some guy called Sam Loomis has been uploading extremely i mean dude i'm talking about video footage of paul as the bandit you know the real early kiss shit and yeah. you know the full budokan show at 3 p.m all this rare rare shit an asylum pro shot right oh nice all this shit was put up now every one of these videos that were put up if you look at the description he is bashing a guy called gert gooch I don't know if I told you. I, we may have had to fall out at the time. Kirk Gooch tried to sue me. It was fucking hilarious. Because, uh, yeah, he tried to sue me because I was the narrator on a Casablanca documentary thing. And this guy is a complete fucking idiot. And finally, today, I saw a picture of him from uh, your, your son, um, Samuel Wex. Uh, yeah. Put up a picture. Oh, my God. What a... What a Look, I, I'm not one to fat shame people, but fuck him. He should be fat. Big fat fuck that threatened to sue me. He said he had, I have an expensive New York lawyers, a team that'll come after you. If if I do the narration, I'm the, I laughed at him. And I even made a, put a picture of me shooting a bird like, fuck you. You know, you ain't going to do jack shit. And of course he didn't. Sounds but, like uh, Terrence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, internet tough guy. And, uh, well, today, all of it's been taken down. But, you know, these kiss nerds, they uploaded all, they downloaded all those videos. So now it's like spread out to several channels. And I love it, man. It's like, fuck this Kurt Gooch guy. And it is fucking gold. Gold. Like full shows from 74, a pro shot from 75. All this shit that's never been seen before. And, uh, yeah, I just want to bring that up. Fuck Gert Gooch, and I'm glad this guy is on a rampage. Now, this is the rumor. I, again, I can't say this is true or not. But this Sam, Go this Gooch idiot, he was selling. Number one, it's not his footage to sell. But he was selling it to several people, telling each of those people, you are the only one to have a copy of this. Nobody has this. Now, the rumor is one of those several people he sold it to got really pissed off and said, all right, bitch, I'm going to put it out there for everybody to have it so you can stop making money off this. You know, not even if you're involved in the band Kiss drama. <laughs> Drama's everywhere. You can't escape Kiss. You become a Kiss fan or you represent Kiss in any fandom, you're going to get fucking drama. And here's the drama. I just wanted to throw that out there because I think that's news. Well, and, and anytime Kiss fans get ripped off, I fucking laugh. You know, that's yeah. awesome. But hey, hey, in the end, we uh, all us other Kiss fans got it for free, and we're talking about footage from like when they started. You know, it's like amazing, and it looks pristine. Like, dude, it looked like maybe they baked the footage, 
because it doesn't have no lines or nothing. It's like really good looking. It's like, holy shit, man. What the fuck? You know, them doing like Acrobat and like pro shot footage of this shit. It's like fucking amazing, man. But uh, all right, that's your that uh, we just filled the kiss uh, quota for the show. Oh well, no, I gotta say I watched a I watched a kiss video today. Believe it or not. Yeah. Oh man, and I, and I loved it. I loved it. It, it was so funny. It was uh, this guy. He took all three kiss drummers playing Black Diamond, and he erased everything but the drums and the vocals. And it was, you know, Peter, Chris, Eric Carr, and Eric Singer all doing Black Diamond. And uh, it was really neat, though. It was really neat to to watch it. I gotta admit, I mean, I love Black Diamond. Great fucking song. My second favorite Kiss song. Oh my god! And it, it was so funny. They, they showed the footage of uh, of Peter, Chris, and it, it it was so fucking sloppy, and couldn't keep fucking time. But there was a charm to it. There was like a loose jazziness to it that I did like. I'm, I'm not here to, you know, fully slam Peter Chris, but I mean, vocals were spot on. Vocals sounded fucking Best great. Best singer and kiss. Drummer, drummer, drumming left a lot to be desired. And then they they showed uh, Eric Carr from the Unmasked tour. I, I think the the, the Peter uh, Chris footage was from around I would say Dress to Kill era. Right. By, by looking at the footage. And then it was Eric Carr on the Unmasked tour. Drumming was fucking tight as fuck. Oh, it was so good. It was so good, and the vocals were very good. And not not as you know not as distinct as Peter Chris's, but very good. And then they did uh, Eric Singer's. Uh, I couldn't tell what tour it was. It looks like somewhere like around I would say uh, Sonic Boom era kind of shit. Um, uh, not bad, not bad. The drumming was a little pedestrian. Uh, vocals, a lot of people were shitting on his vocals. I didn't think they sounded that bad, but I thought, you know, Peter and, and Eric did a, did a better job, but you know, it was interesting to hear. It's like, God damn, what a 10 times better drummer Eric Carr was and just played with more feeling. And he had like, he was in the middle and the best because he had a tightness that Peter Chris didn't have, but he still was faithful enough where, where Singer's was more robotic. And I'm not trying to say Singer's a bad drummer. I think Singer just does what he thinks Kiss twats want to hear. You know what I mean? I think, play- I think, I think honestly, I think it's Gene and Paul because Eric Singer, if you look at the revenge footage, he's badass. With yeah. the makeup, he's more uh, like controlled, and oh yeah, he dumbs it down. And oh yeah, and Paul yeah. to tell him to dumb it down. Oh yeah, and 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 that's what I'm getting at. He's dumbing it down for the fucking Kiss fans, where where Eric Carr didn't dumb it down. You know, he he was faithful enough to the songs, but still showed you like God, what a ten times better fucking drummer he is. You know, and it kind of brings me back to fucking. Uh, you know, this this Pantera shit. Because I love Vinnie Paul. I think Vinnie Paul was a fucking amazing drummer. I think Charlie is a better drummer. I don't mean that as a slam. I just think technically Charlie is a much well, more efficient drummer. And I'm, and I'm like, you're going to see Charlie Benente 
play fucking Pantera music. Now, I don't think Zach Wilde is anywhere near Dimebag, but I think he can play it. And more importantly, I think Dime would approve of it. It was his best fucking friend. And I, I think I, I could be wrong here, but I don't think he's going to do that pinch harmonic shit. You know, I don't think he's going to do that fucking, you know, shitty Ozzy fucking sound or the black label sound. I think he is going to be faithful to Dimebag out of respect. This is his friend. You know, this is his dearly departed friend. I think Zach is going to come a thousand percent and I think he's going to deliver. I know he has the talent to do it. And I think he's going to let his ego go aside to where like, oh, I'm Zach Wilde. I think he's going to be like, no, I'm going to I'm going to do this for Dime. So I think you are going to get an amazing fucking show here. So what are you fucking crying about? You fucking pussies. Fuck them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it all ties back to that. But that, and, that's the and, and I also want to say, flip the coin around, not as many, but there's there were quite a few comments of like, I don't give a fuck what any of you say. I'm excited for this. Yeah. I've seen you know, those comments too. Yeah, and, and I did. I, I saw Pete, especially younger fans are like, I didn't get a chance to yeah. see Pantera. Yeah. So I, I, I take this with, with open fucking arms. But, you know, we, we've all seen fucking shadows of former. I mean, I saw Pink Fraud twice. And I saw Roger Waters by himself. And it was a thousand times the show as, you know, the Pink Fraud show. Uh, I agree with you. I saw Pink Fraud twice. And Roger Waters' show totally blew it away. Out of the water. Yeah. 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 No pun intended. Uh, but seriously, it sounded more authentic. Uh, you know, and I think this is coming out of, you know, nothing but love and respect. You know, people can look at it as a cash grab and all this shit. But I honestly, with, with all my fucking heart, would bet the fucking farm. Phil and Rex would never do anything, you know, that would lessen this shit. You know what I mean? You know, they're not going to go out there and do it for a check. They are going to bring their fucking A game. Uh, you know, I think they've been dying to play these songs. And they were just as much a part of this band. But I mean, I mean, like you said, you know, okay, no new music called Pantera. Because you can't have that without Dimebag. You know? Just like you can't have Van Halen without fucking Dave. Just as much as you couldn't have Van Halen without, uh, you know, Eddie. You know? Right. Now you can go do a tribute. You know, but look at this proposed tribute that they're talking about the Van Halen shit with Joe Satriani. You want to talk about a soulless fucking guitar? You you think you think Eddie Van Halen would want the chicken foot fucking guy playing his fucking music? No, just as much as he wouldn't want Steve Vai to play his fucking shit. Okay, but here's Dimebag's best friend. Dimebag would approve of this shit. You know, Dimebag would be like, hell yeah, Zach, go out there, knock it out of the park, keep the fucking songs out there. You know. Come on. Come on. So any of you people go see fake versions of, of top fucking bands, quit fucking crying. And if, if you don't like it, great. Don't go. That means I get a better fucking seat because I don't have to compete with your dumb crybaby fucking ass. 
They'll be there. Yeah, of course they will be. And, and I hope they say some stupid shit so I can smack them upside their fucking head. Fucking pussies. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. All right. Well, in positive news, former Man of War guitarist Carl Logan was sentenced to five and a half years for in prison for downloading child pornography. That's it? Yeah. That's yeah. Sucks. Well, apparently the judge gave leniency because he thought it was Ted Nugent. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the judge was a big Amboy Dukes fan. Uh, but yeah. I, I hope this guy gets fucking cornholed like a motherfucker. Oh, man. Big time, man. Fuck him. Fucking, fucking pedophile. Fuck him. Fuck Ted Nugent. But uh, yeah, Man of War guitar player, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you ain't Ross the Boss, bitch. No, don't go fuck yourself. Have other inmates do it for you. Yeah, I, I hope this guy gets... 10 pounds of fucking Mandingo cock shoved straight up his fucking ass. And and, and it gets filmed. Oh, oh I'd watch that. Uh, you'd, you'd have more luck of me watching that than, than fucking live footage of Man of War on their farewell tour. Oh, well, that, that, yeah, farewell tour. Those fucking, those fuckers, like, dude, they, they waiting. Dude, that farewell tour was, like, years ago. They're out there again. They didn't even yeah. as long as Kiss did. Yeah. I like farewell tours like when nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> you know, it's farewell because nobody's coming to see your ass anymore. Unless you're in Europe, they play stadiums. Yeah. Oh, God. I love Man of War. Okay. Their last two albums, man, bro. Their last two albums, to me, sound like early albums to you. That, oh, yeah? That bad. Oh, dude, the last Man of War album... Mainly narration, then classical pieces, and then like when they actually did play songs, it, they were so weak, it was fucking ridiculous. And and I love Manowar, I love them for their ridiculousness, but this one was like even I couldn't defend it. Hard, the, it was two albums, fucking terrible. Yeah, fucking virgin metal. But I love Manowar, man. One of my favorites. All right, All right next story. Heavy metal-loving cartoon characters Beavis and Butthead to star in a new Paramount Plus animated series. And uh, I'm excited about this. Did you watch the new uh, Beavis and Butthead movie? I sure did. What'd you think? I loved it. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you this, though. The beginning was kind of like retreading themselves. But, bro, as the movie got on, it got funnier. And funnier. I'll tell you my favorite scene without spoiling it with anybody. The scene when they're outside of the rocket with the little bracelet the grandmother gave the, the lady. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> that shit was too fucking funny. Oh, I did. I loved it too. I, I thought they, you know, they kept the spirit of the show. Uh, and I love how they took it from, you know, Beavis and Butthead leaving, you know, the 90s. And then, you know, coming into now. And uh, it was great. I loved how they dealt with it and all the, you know, the woke bullshit and all this shit. Yeah. And, uh, oh, we and, got white privilege. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It was Beavis and Butthead to the core. And I've, I've seen all these, uh, you know, comments online about the show coming back. They're like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see fucking woke Beavis and Butthead, politically correct Beavis and Butthead. 
Well, if you watch this movie, you fucking idiot, you can see it's still the same Beavis and Butthead. And if anything, it makes it even funnier that, you know, they're doing the same old shit from the fucking 90s. And I have nothing but faith in Mike Judge that he's going to do a great job. And uh, and I dug it, man. It was it was great. It was so, it was so refreshing to see this kind of humor and political incorrectness and uh, very excited about it. Yeah, it was good. It was really funny. I'm still not going to subscribe to Paramount Plus. I'm going to download that fucking shit. From Mr. Well, you know, you know, I, uh, <laughs> my nephew, I'll send it to you if you want. My nephew sent me a link to where you can see all the movies now, man. And some of them are, you know, cam recordings. From the oh, movie. yeah. But the Beavis and Butthead wasn't. That shit was oh. HD. Oh yeah, I got that shit, man. Mister X knows what he's doing. I get, I get all that shit. <laughs> yeah, it was. I love, but I appreciate it. Well, uh, more kiss news for you, fucking kiss twats. Uh, Paul Stanley's heartbroken by the death of producer Michael James Jackson. Yeah, what a bummer. Yeah, I, I thought he was a great producer. You know, uh, I really liked the shit that he did with Kiss, and not only that, he. Uh, I know it might not be a popular opinion, but I'm a huge fan of L.A. Guns, Hollywood Vampires. Oh. And that's 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 the last thing I know. I'm sure it's not the last thing he produced, but it's the last thing I remember buying that had Michael James Jackson on it. And I thought he was a decent producer, man. I, I wish he would have done more with Kiss. The band didn't like it, but I love it, what he did on March of the Saint. Uh, the yeah. Um, yeah, he produced that. I think it's it doesn't sound like... I, th- I think his greatest work was Creatures. I thought that was the best. Yeah. The drum yeah. You know... Well, they, well, well the, the drums were done separate by Nico Bolas or whatever. Uh, then, lo- then, then, then scratch what I just said. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nico Bolas, who uh, did a ton of shit with Neil Young, and I always thought that was so weird. Like, he's mostly known for his Neil Young production, uh, but he's the one who did the drums for uh, Creatures. But uh, no, I like Michael. J- I, I love the production on "Lick It Up." I thought it sounded good. Yeah, I love. I love that. That's the last great Kiss album. They never made an album better than that since. But I'll tell you, um, I I saw an interview on Michael James Jackson several years ago, and he claims Ace is on "Creatures of the Night." He did play on it. He didn't do no solos, but he played on it. Yeah. Where even Ace don't remember that shit. You know, and Gene and Paul run around saying he didn't do nothing on it. Well, I, I, I can see Ace honestly not remembering. I can see Gene and Paul saying no, he didn't, just to shit on him. Yeah, I would, I would believe you know the producer overall. Yeah, well, he claims he did. You know, no. I don't know if he did it on every track, but he said Ace definitely played on Creature of the Night, but he couldn't remember exactly what songs and stuff, but yeah. he play on it. And, and and who knows? He might have very well played on a song, but who knows if that track was you know made it to the final cut too? You know. Yeah, you got a point there. That might be true. But he did go to the studio and play on it. Yeah, but because there, there's not a lot on there that that sounds like Ace to me. Well, the solos definitely don't. Yeah, you know, to, to my ears. But I, I bet you he probably did play. There's probably some you know in vault somewhere. There's probably something with him on it. But uh, here's something a lot of people are getting excited about that I I, I, I got to laugh. Uh, so Nina Strauss 
has left Alice Cooper's band to play with Demi Lovato. Uh, ooh, boy, she sucks. I saw, I don't know nothing about this Demi bitch, but they, they showed footage she, of the first show Nina played with her. Oh my God, that shit was annoying. Oh, 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 I thought you were talking about Nina sucks. You know? No, no, I love Nina. I'm oh, yeah. That, that Debbie girl, oh my God. Oh, Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super with Nina. Holy fuck was that good. That girl is just phenomenal. Oh, yeah, no, and it sucks. I mean, I, I, I see it. it's a paycheck, you know, and somebody brought it up in a post today and I was laughing about it. They're like, oh, this is when, uh, like when Nuno Betancourt played with Rihanna. Uh, you know, and I said, but actually, that was a step up for Nuno. Yeah, no shit. You know, she sucks, dude. <laughs> what a terrible. You you agree with me, huh? Oh, I fucking hate Nuno. No, but 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 extreme the band. Oh yeah, yeah, they suck. That was some terrible. Mama, can I go out and play with the ball? Remember that song? Uh, I don't know if I remember that one, but I remember I, I did see him live. I did buy. Uh, you know, the the More Than Words album, Porno Graffiti or whatever. Right. Uh, I, I bought that. I saw them open up for David Lee Roth on the Little Ain't Enough tour. Uh, and they were horrible live. And and keep this in mind, this is not like revisionist history, as Bill Wang would say. Uh, at the time, I liked them because I bought the fucking album. They were fucking horrible live. At the time I saw them, I was like, hey, cool, extreme. They were fucking horrible. Horrible, man. Fucking, ugh. You know, and now I listen to that shit, and I can't believe I ever fucking even liked it in the first place, but I chalk it up to my age. I know? saw I saw that, that tour, and I stayed outside with my friend Nick drinking Jack Daniels during Extreme. Oh, no much. way I was going to go watch that shit. Yeah, you look, it was Extreme and Cinderella opened up. Cinderella was on the Heartbreak Station tour. No, 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 no. Yeah, I saw Cinderella. I walked in for that. Yeah. Um, but no, no's a good guitar player. He just writes shitty songs. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I got, I got no time for that shit. You and know, according to Ruben De La Rosa, I love that guy. Nuno's a prick because he met him. So uh, he was a prick to him. I, I believe it. I believe it. You know, and. uh you know, that's why I thought it was so great. I remember, you know, when, when he left Extreme to go play with Rihanna. And then he fucked over Extreme to go play with Perry Farrell. Uh, he had a band called Satellite Party. And, uh, Satellite Party. Yeah, Satellite Party. I, I, I love one song. The rest, of, the rest of the album sucks. Well, that's a stupid-ass name for a band, let me tell you. Yeah. But anyway, so he, he fucked him over to play with Perry Farrell. Because I, I think he thought, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to have indie cred and I'm going to do all this. And the album fucking tanked and fucking Perry just, you know, told the whole band to go fuck off and then went on a lucrative tour with Jane's Addiction. Uh, so he was fucked again. And I was like, that's what you get. That's what you I, get. I got to give credit where credit's due. Gary Sharon, he's cool. All right. He's disturbing to look at. I don't like his voice. As far as a musician, yeah, not my cup of tea. But, dude, that motherfucker is on Sammy Hagar. Doesn't disrespect Van Halen. Doesn't say shit bad about Eddie. And and when he joined Van Halen, he agreed to do Romeo Delight, Mean Street, and all that old shit. You know, I'll give him credit for that. He seems like a cool human being. 
But as far as like, dude, those moves on stage, oh my god, that's Janet Gears cringe shit. I was just gonna say Janet Gears makes fun of his stage moves. Yeah, exactly. And so did Juan Cruciate. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, the guy's deserving to look at, but seems like a cool dude, man. Because I, I, I actually saw like some, you know, I, of course the title guys. Oh, Gary talks about Eddie Van Halen. I was like, well, let me listen to this. And he came off like, you know, him and Eddie were bu uh, buddy buddy toward the end. Uh, yeah. They were friends, and uh, and he was just so respectful about Eddie. Didn't say one bad thing about him. And, you know, he was just, and you know, you know, he must have experienced some fucked up shit with Eddie. Because Eddie was on meth and all that shit at the time. Uh, yeah. He kept it quiet, unlike this douchebag, this fucking Jimmy Buffett wannabe, that badmouthed Eddie. And he was only, Eddie was only on the sauce. When he was with Gary, bro, that guy was on meth, speed, crack coke, hey, you name it. Didn't have fucking teeth. I mean, he was yeah. a mess. You know that. Gary Sean has a million stories about Eddie, but he keeps uh, his mouth shut because he's a decent human being. And at and least he's not going out there like Mitch Malloy. You know, I'm, I'm the lost singer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. Gary Sharon has more rights to go out there and do a Van Halen show. Yeah. You know, and he does it. He was actually in the band. And he doesn't do it. So there you go. Oh, God. Well, th this whole long diatribe that we started was uh, based by not only uh nina unfortunately leaving alice cooper but all these people are excited about kane roberts coming back well, which i i i think i think is hilarious because i i think people over glamorize uh this kane roberts shit. i i the first alice cooper tour i ever saw you know kane roberts was playing guitar i don't think he's that great you know but there's like a there's a nostalgia factor and there's like a freak show factor but i i don't think kane roberts i i'd rather hear nina strauss than kane roberts well nina's better that's for sure yeah you know but people people are getting really excited you know fucking uh dick twatkins is all about yeah you know but you know dick Twat dick twatkins got excited about fucking uh the stadium tour <laughs> you know, no. I love, I love you, brother. I love you to fucking death. You know, but uh, your guitar player in Wild Stallions is is better than Kane Roberts. Yeah, well, I, I love Raise Your Fist and Yell, but you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you. It's like, dude, this doesn't mean they're gonna do Raise Your Fist and Yell shit. You know what I mean? They'll probably yeah. do Teenage Frankenstein. I like to see them do World Meets Guts. That would be awesome, but. Yeah. Yeah, they, they need to do life and death of the party. Dude, Best whatever whatever the case may be, Alice Cooper's the show and he's going to kick your fucking ass without Kane or with Kane. Yeah. So bring it. I don't give a fuck. Fucking A right, man. Alice Cooper, baby. Alice Cooper. Still got it, bro. Oh, uh, did you see Dave Ellison's got a new band. How do you pronounce this? Did you see this shit? Is no, it called? What, what, that shitty band already folded? Yeah, he's got, he's got like a thrash band now called Death or Death. I don't I'm know how the, about this. I don't know how you pronounce it, but, uh, it's funny. Even the, the logo looks like a half-assed Megadeth and it's supposed to be, hold on, let me click on this shit. Nobody it's, really cares about Allison. It's, it's, it's supposed to be some super group. 
Oh, but goodness. A guy from Entombed AD and a guy from Decapitated. Okay. So there you go. It's a super group in Europe. I love I love early Entomb. Like Left Hand Path is one of the greatest, if if not the greatest, Switzerland uh, Swiss uh, death metal. Because uh, there was a big buzz on on Switzerland death metal at the time, and I thought Left Hand Path like blew them all away. Decapitated. I don't know much about them, but I did see them live, and I thought they were pretty badass. Yeah. Well, my my thing is, you know. Don't make the name so close to fucking Megadeth and, and the logo and all that shit. Well, how else is he going to make money? Yeah, it just screams of desperation. Yeah, that guy, That look, his whole career, look, I, I know, you know, he was a nice guy to us and everything. I, I met him in 91. He was a total prick. But other than that, dude, the guy was a goddamn monster on those first two Megadeth albums. Amazing. Oh, but, yeah. But Dave gets all the glory. He's always been known as you know, Dave Jr., literally. Um, he's not a profitable name. Dave, Al- Look at Dave Allison when he was out of Megadeth. What'd he do? Yeah. He had a really great project called F5 or something like that with uh, the dude from Sepultura. That shit was awesome. But nobody heard that shit. You know? Because nobody cares. It's not- And now if Dave Mustaine was to go do a crummy album with the singer of Fear... People have interest in that, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh shit! Well, here's something. Uh, I, I would, I would go see this. Believe it or not, I, I think this would be awesome. John Petrucci is doing a solo tour with Mike Portnoy on drums. Oh, that's awesome! They'll do Liquid Tension Project shit, which is a plus. I love yeah. that. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely see this. And now I think it's just time to like. All right, I'm I'm sorry, Mike Mangini, but step aside. Let Portnoy come back. I mean, part of me is like, you know, Portnoy deserves it for fucking leaving, you know, Dream Theater for fucking Avenged Sevenfold. But it's like, come on. I I, I think Dream Theater, it, it's the inevitable. They have to get Portnoy back, you know? You know, let me tell you something about Dream Theater. My friend, you know my friend Willie. Yeah. He's married to, I mean, this girl, I'm telling you, she's like, an, uh, dude, I saw her with my own eyes do Die of a Madman. No for no. I mean, a freak on guitar. And of course, you know, when you're that good on guitar, you're a Dream Theater fan. Yeah. So her and Willie drove all the way up to, I think, Orlando to see Dream Theater or something. And she came back and she told me, man, she was so disappointed. They were up there using tapes. Ooh. Yeah, man. Dream, Dream Theater? Yep. Wow. Wow. That that's I mean, that's a musician's band. I mean, a lot of it's not my bag, but goddamn, they're known for being stellar musicians. That's yep. They were using tapes. And that wow. genie guy, you know that man genie guys in the Guinness World of Records for doing the most beats during a minute, like hitting the snare in a minute? I forgot how many times. I mean, the guy is great. The guy is amazing. Yeah. Well, he's also in the Guinness World Records for a drummer who admitted to being in Extreme. I read that. Yeah. <laughs> remember, yeah. Extreme, remember, I like. <laughs> remember the drummer Extreme? He had like little short hair. He looked like a dork. Yeah. 
That was yeah, such was... a terrible band, dude. Every time they pop up on fucking... You don't remember that song, Mama, Can I Go Out and Play? Some shit like that. I was like, God damn! No, I don't remember. I remember... I, I thought it was so odd that on their first album they had a song called Kid Ego, which apparently was all about ragging on David Lee Roth. And then, yeah, and then David Lee Roth, you know, let them open on the Little Ain't Enough. But, I mean, in all honesty, by that point in Dave's solo career, he needed, you know, a hit band like like them and Cinderella, who were big at the time. Well, that's another open. thing I saw in that interview. Because yeah. uh, they said, you ever met David Lee Roth? He goes, yeah, yeah, we opened for Dave. He couldn't have been cooler to us. He even yeah. nice about Dave, you know? A lot of people don't. Yeah, but but then again, he wrote a song, Kid Ego, that was all ragging on David Lee Roth. So, right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I would go see... Uh, yeah, you know, I'd I, definitely I, see that. I, I think Petrucci is an amazing guitar player, and I would love to see... Uh, Portnoy. I got to see him on their last tour with Portnoy. I saw him open up for uh, for Iron Maiden, and uh, you know it was it was you know it was cool. God damn, was there some fucking Dream Theater nerds that were losing their fucking mind? But uh, I mean, stellar musicians, even though if not a lot of it's my bag. Yeah, I, I had four albums I really love from Dream Theater, and a couple bore me. You know? Yeah, I, I but I, I I think you know the musician nerd in me would really love. The, the solo tour so I would definitely check that out I think it's only uh, a small amount of dates well you know I did see G3 I mean this is when uh, Porno was still in Dream Theater it was Satriani who bored me to tears uh, Vi and uh, Petrucci and Portnoy was his drummer and they nice. played Acid Rain from Liquid Tension Project that night yeah. sick it was sick it was awesome yeah, that's some good shit, the liquid tension shit. Oh my god, it's amazing stuff. Oh yeah, I, I dig it. I, I dig it more than a lot of Dream Theater, to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Alright, well here's another thing that set the internet on fire, is uh, the trailer for the new Munsters movie by Rob Zombie. Oh, I didn't like what I saw. Well, you're in the minority, I mean majority then, because a lot of people don't like it. Uh, I think he's kind of keeping with the spirit of the monsters again. Yeah. I think, I, I I think it's something that, uh, you know, a lot of people are you're trying to pretend there was something more there than what there was. I mean, I grew up watching the monsters. I've seen every fucking episode, and to me, I saw the spirit of the monsters definitely in it. The weird thing, I, I think, the biggest thing was Herman's voice. Uh, yeah, the guy doing that. Herman. There, there was one scene where I thought he nailed it spot on, uh, where he knocks the guy out of the way, the dude from Lost, and he's like, hi there, you know, to, to Lily. And I thought Sherry Moon Zombie, as much as everybody loves to shit on her, I think she did Lily perfect. Uh, and the dude playing Grandpa uh, Munster, I, the voice, he fucking nailed it. He did all that. The, the only thing that distracted me was was the other 90% of what Herman had to say. You know, I just... Fred Gwynn is, is you know... He's Herman Monster, man. Yeah, you know. But, uh... I don't know. I didn't hate it as much as most people. You know, we'll wait and see. 
but uh but yeah man people i i don't know what was more hated on uh that trailer or fucking the the pantera reunion I don't know. That's what pretty much uh, on the I, internet this week. I, I know monsters are a little slapstickish, and it's just I don't know. It was of the time where this one. But then again, you can't judge shit from a trailer. It might be a great movie. All I know is that my, you know Rob Zombie, if he continues doing these like remake movies and shit, I have my I, I dude, I want him to redo Devil and Mrs. Jones because you know she'll be in it because she's hot. <laughs> she's hot. You got a good point there. Oh, yeah, do that. Remake that one. I'm there. Oh, man, I'd like to see a Rob Zombie porno. That, I, that, that. I'll definitely go into one of those sticky floor movie theaters to see that. Oh, man. Oh, oh God, here's something I thought was horrible. And uh, not a guy that I hate on, but did you see the footage of Great White with their new singer, Andrew Freeman? It was so flaccid, it wasn't even funny. Oh, my God. It was better than what I saw with Mitch Malloy, but still, that ain't saying much. Yeah, uh, and and the thing is, I like Andrew Freeman. I love him. Uh, I I, I think he's a good singer, but what a horrible fit uh, with Great White. I mean, it just, you know, I, I think it's a testament to, sometimes it's just chemistry. And there's some singers you can't replace in a band, David Lee Roth. Uh, you know, and I think Jack Russell is one of those. Whatever you think about the majority of their catalog, that voice is so... Instinctive. Yeah, it's just set, you know? It'd be like anybody else singing Whitesnake, you know? I don't care what you think of Whitesnake. I mean, it's just that voice. And what I don't get is, I mean, there were so many years of all these stories about what a fuck-up Jack uh, Russell was. And all this shit, you know, he was doing that was fucking up the band and stuff like that. But you haven't heard, like, all this shit about Jack Russell fucking up in fucking 15 years, 20 years. It seems like he's got his life back on track. Why they would not just, you know make peace with him i mean to me that would benefit everybody except their paycheck yeah i mean mean, that's the only thing is 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 he would get a bigger chunk of the pie because i'm sure whoever replaces uh jack you know gets jack (laughs) you know but uh you know it's like come on you know it's like as as much as i hate it i can see why skid row doesn't get back with sebastian bach even though they should, I can see where he would just be so fucking just like drive you fucking crazy. Like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. But I saw, I, dude, there, there. I, I realized something about the whole Sebastian thing too. Um, I saw a documentary on YouTube. It's fairly new on Skid Row, and uh, well, you, we all know the great Decibel Geek podcast where they interviewed, yeah, yes, um, Rachel Bolin, where they said. Sebastian Bach got credit for the song Making a Mess because he came up with the name with the word Kalamazoo for it. You know, yeah. they put Kalamazoo, so therefore he got credit. But for Slave to the Grind, Sebastian was was fucking demanding, you know, songwriting credit. And what he was coming up with was kind of shitty. So they didn't add it. They added some. You know, I mean, he had something to do with uh, who knows how much. 
but the song Slave to the Grind. He got some, mm. a little more credit, but he wasn't putting that much in. And also, like, you know, the age kill fags, dead shirt. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when he jumped in the crowd and when they threw a bottle at him, dude, that cost the whole band like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And all these shenanigans that Sebastian was doing was really like picking their pockets because they had to pay for a lot of the shit that Sebastian got in trouble for. And, mm. you know, and then toward the end, you know, with him threatening to kick their ass because they didn't want to open for Kiss and shit like that, they were already like so bothered by him. So it's like not only because he's, he's hard to deal with and he's so annoying, but also that, he, you know, he wants songwriting credit for shitty songs that they wouldn't allow. So that caused a lot of friction. So there's even more to it than, oh, we don't want to be around him because he's annoying. We don't want to be around him because he wants to take our money and, and, and release shitty songs on our albums, you know? Yeah. But but still, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Skid Row without Sebastian Bach, to me, I don't give a fuck how good this new guy is. It's To me, it's the same thing as Queen with Adam Lambert, you know? Uh, well, I, I, I feel different. I, I'd rather have this guy in the band with Sebastian Bach because I honestly think this guy's got a better voice. He sang those Skid Row songs flawlessly. I mean, his, his stage presence a little more, you know, be desired, but his voice is just so fucking good. It's one of the greatest singers I ever saw in my life that I'm like, and you know Sebastian is pissed off about this, which makes it even better for me. Cause yeah, I am, but, but, but what, but, what are they going to do with this guy? I, I mean, to me, it, it's like Journey with the Filipino guy. You know, and, and Grant, he sings great, but you're, you're nothing but a cover band. You're not going to write new music with this guy. You're not going to do anything that's substantial or is going to add to it, you know. But, you know, with Sebastian back in the band, how good is that going to do either, you know? It'd do better than this shit, I'll tell you that. For a little you know? while. They, they wouldn't be playing county fairs. They'd be playing state fairs, goddammit. <laughs> but, you know, having, Sebastian doesn't sing as good as he used to. He still got a good voice. I saw him do Slave to the Grind. Yeah. Great, but when I saw this dude, it was miles better. I mean, hundred million times better than what Sebastian could do now. And Sebastian is pudgy and 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 fucking loses his breath constantly. This dude is fighting. Still's got cancer and fighting a cold, and he came out and just fucking destroyed. And that dude, you look at anybody that's seen Skid Row with this dude. It's unanimous. Everybody's saying this dude is fucking phenomenal. But here's the deal about Skid Row. Skid Row's time came and went, right? Yeah, yeah. What's that like Skid Row now? It's like me and you, and you know, it's not a, right. it's not Guns N' Roses. It's not, right. you know, Slave to the Grind debuted at number one, but then the following week it plummeted yeah. down the charts because they weren't singing songs like. I remember you and all the girly shit. So yeah. they, and then, you know, look how fucking fast they fell after yeah. Slave to the Grind. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, it, it's the same as Warren. The, you know, Warren could get the best fucking singer in the world, you know, and it, who gives a shit, you know, other than a small amount of people. And that's even worse than Skid Row, if you ask me. And shit, right. I mean, even to, to put it into point, when I saw Skid Row, Warren open, you know, so it's like, yeah. 
Well, I, got more of a name, even though it's not that big, you know? I, 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 I guess maybe in the grand scheme of things, but to me, you know, Warren and Skid Row were about what and what. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for the guy. I, what I saw that night, it just floored me. And, I, you know, I'm, I don't like the gangs all here. The new single, I liked it a little more, but it still wasn't mind-blowing. Yeah. So, I, you know, I pre-ordered the album. I have my fingers crossed. I hope this album kicks out. But I'll be honest, you know, as much as I love this new, new dude and I'm pulling for him, I'm not here glowing about the new songs that they've released so far. I'm like, eh, you know, I'm not that blind. I'm not a Kiss, Kiss fan, Kiss Sheeple. You know, yeah. Yeah, as it is, you know, if it's good or not. I mean, look at me, look at my opinion on Black Sabbath 13. I mean, no band is better than Black Sabbath. And look what I feel about it. And it's not because of Bill Ward. I'm telling you right now, if Bill Ward was on 13 playing those songs, it would still suck to me. Bill right. Ward couldn't even save those songs. You know what I'm saying? And that Black yeah. Sabbath, nobody's better than Black Sabbath. I'm not crazy about that new Muscle Fate song. I thought it was boring. Oh, you, you didn't like it? I didn't wow. like it, dude. Wow. But wow. you know, King Diamond interviews, which makes no sense to me. The song's not done yet. Then why are you playing it? Uh. You know? But I'm not excited about Merciful Fate either, dude. You know? But, but I, I, it, just to prove a point, I'll still say I'll take any song on 13 over uh, those two new ones on Reunion. Over Psycho Man. No, I like Psycho Man. I oh, Even though they did kind of bar off Megalomania a bit on it. Man. But, no, I, I dug them. Yeah, I sold my soul was kind of weak. I put that in par with 13. <laughs> I, I I saw a guy, uh, oh, my God, he was doing a Sabbath ranking today. I, I had to watch all his rankings because I thought they were so fucking hilarious. But he put... Uh, Tear as the number three Black Sabbath album of all of uh, over all of them of all time. Yeah, and and and, and Sabotage was like eleven, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. He also said, you know, uh, uh, Down to Earth was the third greatest fucking Rainbow album. So there you go. Well, Tear is my favorite Tony Martin album, but I would not put it at number three. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, here, here's something. I don't know if you've heard this. I'm too scared to listen to it uh, because of how much he's been letting me down lately. And just to show you how impartial I am, I'm talking about my Lord and Savior, David Lee oh, Roth. Oh, don't here. listen to it, Ian. Okay. Don't uh, listen the, to it. The song Pointing at the Moon? Yeah, don't listen to it. Okay, because I've hated every single one. Oh, of this of one these. I think is the worst out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, Piano. Oh yeah, and, 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 and but honestly, that that goes to show you, I'm not a fucking, you know, I'm not a sheep, and I'm not fucking blind. I know what's good, and I know what's fucking bad, and all these new Dave songs I've heard, and I, I was so disappointed because when John Five said, "Oh, this is the best shit he's done since early days of Van Halen," and I was like, okay. And then everything I've heard, I don't give a fuck what it is. That's you know what I thought was really good? That little snippet he played on his phone. That rock, whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, I can't even remember it now, but that somewhere over the whiskey, I thought oh, that sucked. Was different. That was different. 
and 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 I her, enjoyed that one. I didn't enjoy the other ones, but I enjoyed then, over the rainbow one. There's like three Thank other songs, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, it's uh, not good. Uh, but I, I'd still rather go see Van Halen with fucking Zach Wild and Charlie Benente. What, what can I say? Pantera. Yeah. Oh God. All right. Let's see. Oh, that's it for news. I guess, as you can see, we've had a very long news segment because I'm putting off the fucking album we got to talk about this week. And, uh, Ralph, you are to blame for this because this comes from uh, our Australian friend Daniel Lee. And he gave us three albums to pick from. And uh, just to show, he, he knows where the bread's buttered. He, he said, let Ralph pick between these three albums. And uh, just for uh, prosperity's sake, I will say the two that you passed on were Cor- Corrosion of Conformity, Blind. I love that. And, and Death's Symbolic. Yeah, I love that album too. You, you passed on those and you picked the debut album from Fifth Angel. Yeah. I like that one the best out of the three. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a diamond of an album. Uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, honestly, I mean, you know, uh, you don't like metal. So I got to say, anyone that is a fan of traditional metal style metal uh, needs to own this album. It's so good. Yep. that all you got? All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's all you got. How did you discover this band? Metal Shop. Uh, the only show with teeth, they played the, the, the song Fifth Angel. And I fell in love with it and ran out and bought the album. Now, the funny thing is, well, I bought the CD. And years later, I found it on vinyl, but it's a different album cover. Uh, maybe you did a little research because the first, the, the, diff, the one on vinyl was on Shrapnel Records. Right. Uh, the CD, I don't think, was on Shrapnel. No, it, it, it was re-released. It was originally released on Shrapnel. And then when the band got signed to Epic Records, it was oh. re-released in 1988 with new artwork. Well, that's the one I got first. But uh, I got, the, the, the Epic Records or the Shrapnel? The, the Epic. I didn't even know they were on Shrapnel. I found okay. that vinyl at a record convention, like maybe like, dude, like six years ago. And I was like, what's this? Because, you know, at the time... They did release a new album, like maybe uh, 2019, maybe, which yeah. I think is the best album of 2019. But um, this one, I was like, what the fuck? Because at the time they had two albums. And I liked, I even liked uh, slightly more the second one. Slightly, not much more. Uh, yeah. Time will tell. I liked a little bit more. But this album is perfect, dude. I don't think there's a bad song on this album. I well, think this album is just traditional metal greatness. Let let me ask you, the album cover on the one you got, is it the one with the fucking weird-looking fucking Pegasus whores? Yeah, or? that's that's the Shrapnel one. Yeah, what, what what's the one you had? What's the epic The, the one? CE one has, like, a guy wearing a crown. Like, uh, yeah, it's like a dude wearing a crown, like, looking sideways or something. Uh, that's the that's the original one I bought. I, I had no idea they were on Shrapnel, and I had no idea about that you know album cover. So when I, I I've yeah. never seen the one you're talking about. I've only seen this one. Uh, the one I've seen is the original cover, 
and it is one of the worst. Like, looked like a kid drew it in study hall. Well, then like, I'll agree. I'll agree with you there. It's not a really good album cover. Yeah, and in fact, uh, the platypus on the Riot albums made yeah. fun of this album cover. It's a, it's, a, it's a seal. Yeah. Okay. Platypus. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, the, the the original album cover is is fucking horrendous. Yeah, I mean, it's it, not good. Yeah, it really does look like you know this is something a, a kid drew in, right. in in class. Yeah, the other one looks cooler, and it's not even that great. But it looks yeah. Cool. I, well, I will look that up because I've I've never seen it. Well, if you go on Google Images, I'm sure you'll find it. But um, yeah, it's a great album, dude. I was floored. When I heard the song Fifth Angel, and when I bought the album, was like, bro, there's even better songs on here than that one. But, God, I just think it's a perfect album. It's just perfect. Awesome. There's a couple little things you'll hear me say about some songs that I'm not too crazy about, but I still love the song. But there's a couple elements of some, two songs. I would say two songs on here. And it's not even, those two songs aren't even my least favorite on here. Where my least favorite smokes, it's awesome, but and it doesn't have any element that I don't like. But I, it's that those songs that have the elements I don't like, I still think they're better songs overall. All right. Well, my exposure to Fifth Angel uh, pretty much begins and ends with the great Howard Stern Channel Nine show uh, because they had a song off the second album, I believe. Uh, you were the one who told me because when you first said, oh, we're going to do Fifth Angel, I'm like, oh, the Howard Stern song. And you're like, oh, well, that's in the second album. And I always kind of like, I mean, I loved the Channel 9 Howard Stern show. It was great. Awesome. In, in fact, you know, in the early 90s, uh, you know, I, late 80s, early 90s, I quit watching Saturday Night Live, which is something I always watched. But man, once, you know, there was the Headbangers Ball and then fucking, you know, the Howard Stern show on Saturdays, Saturday Night Live, like the whole era with Chris Farley and fucking Adam Sandler, never saw it. I never saw it when it was on the air. Like I go back and watch it now and I'm like, oh, this is some great fucking Saturday Night Live. Phil Hartman was the GOAT. Oh, I love Phil, but I knew Phil Hartman from, from the mid 80s. Uh, right before, you know, Headbangers Ball got huge. He was part of, I believe it was the 86 year that started with, you know, with John Lovitz, Victoria Jackson, uh, you know, uh, all that shit. Dana Carvey. Brett uh, Michaels. <laughs> Brett Michaels. Lauren Michaels. Um, but, but uh, you know, between Headbangers Ball and, and Howard Stern, man, Saturday Nights didn't stand a chance. And in fact, uh, it was usually a ritual, me and my best friend Matt. We would uh, watch Headbangers Ball and tape Howard Stern. And as soon as Headbangers Ball was over, then we, we would watch Howard Stern. Uh, but I remember these guys doing the, the, the intro. And even back then, I thought this sounded like, you know, I could have swore this band was from Jersey. They're, apparently, they're, they're from the Seattle suburbs. Uh, but I could have swore this was a fucking Jersey band. And it just always struck me as like a bar band. And I knew what he was trying to do, you know, get the music of the day, the metal and shit like that. And it wasn't horrible, but there was something about the intro that was just so amateurish. 
and kind of sums up my whole feeling about this. And this is one of those albums that was, that was this is the hardest for me to review. Uh, because, spoiler alert, there's nothing on here that I think is absolutely horrible or, you know, reprehensive. But there's something so generic and bland about this band. I, I, I can see exactly why they went nowhere. Slow. Uh, but, that being said, I will give the second album and the third album I'll listen to. The third album has a different singer. Yeah, Ted Pilot now is a dentist. Oh. Well, okay. they, they tried to get him back in the band, but that was like pulling teeth. Hey. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I was <laughs> listen to some of this shit is. But uh, it, it, it's not horrible, but it, there's nothing stand out. And, and you're going to hear this a lot. Uh... In, in a lot of the upcoming reviews because and, and again if Baco didn't coin this phrase you know whatever but this is a perfectly rated band I can see why they went nowhere but I've heard a million albums that are worse than this I've heard tons of bands that are worse than this but to me this shit is it, it, it's bar level it's not major label. It's not. This shit ain't gonna get you on MTV. It ain't gonna get you on the radio. And I mean that in, in, in a good way because there's a lot of great, amazing bands that don't make it onto MTV or the radio. But to me, there is nothing stand out about this band. And but there, there's nothing that is that horrible. So it's like, what do you do when you review this? From my standpoint. Because I can't totally fucking goof on it. Because it's not fucking poison. You know, it, it, it's it's not, you know, Hurricane Alice. You know, shit like that. But there's nothing that fucking sticks out that like, okay, this separates the men from the boys. To me, this, this sounds just extremely generic. I even put a post right before I record this. So, you know, I put out drinking generic beer, getting ready to listen to a generic metal album. And to, to me, it's like, you know, and granted, I have some shit fucking takes too. So, I, I'm no better or worse than anybody else. But to me, if, if you're cool with like Tony Martin era Sabbath, like if that's like really cool to you, I can see you liking this. If that doesn't quite cut the mustard for you, and you want a little bit more, this ain't gonna do it for you, in my opinion. And your but, uh, opinion is one hundred percent correct, Ian. I say that all the time on my, on my YouTube page. That it's personal, bro. If this is how you feel, even right. if you feel opposite about it, I can't argue with your opinion. Right. That's, that's, you listen to this and you hear generic. Yeah, you're correct. I mean, when I listen to it, I don't hear generic. But if you think it's generic, right. you are correct. And, and and again, another important thing is you have history with this. Yeah, of course. And and I've said that a gazillion times. There's so much crap that I enjoy because of the history. 
But I, but I, I Chili Peppers is a great example. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, exactly. it does nothing for me after Mother's Milk, but you still love that shit, and you're correct, dude. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. You like oh, a band I hate, you know? Oh, no, no. And, and, and I shit on a lot of chili peppers, but there's stuff I have history with. But, you know, a prime example, it, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'll never forget. I was I was walking to work one day, and, I, you know, I got, you know, a shuffle on my phone. And Winger came on. And it was a song called Emergency of the first Winger album. And I was just like... Oh God! It hit me like a ton of bricks. It it took me back to my freshman year in high school. It took me back to a girl I dated for a couple of weeks, and we, and, and we used to jam Winger. And, and and I just got this big old smile, and I loved the song. But I sat there and I thought about it. I was like, man, if I had just heard this for the first time at, at 48 years old. I would laugh this shit out of the fucking room. Say, this is the worst shit I ever heard. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? But there is that history. This is something I have no history with. And the older I get, maybe it's the grumpy get-off-my-lawn shit. But if something doesn't knock my fucking socks off at 48 years old, I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. I'm going to die. I, I, I'm not. I'm not in the middle of my life. I, I'm on the downward slope. I hope, because I don't want to be fucking ninety. I don't want to be that guy like it hurts to pee and I'm still going around like in the scooter. Stop being a hog life. Remember Sam Jackson? Shut up, die already. You're too old. Exactly. Exactly. So at this point, man, if it's new, uh, it, it better fucking bring it. Because I, I don't have time for bullshit. If I don't have nostalgia for it, then I'm over it. And that's kind of how I was with this. I think these guys tried hard. You know, I, I believe they believed it at the time. But to me, it, it, it sounds like some generic shit from 1986, which is what it was. And surprisingly, it's produced by one of my favorite producers of all time. Probably in my top... Really, really, even the—I mean—they're all the same version. Shrapnel hired a really a killer producer. Yeah, in in the beginning of his career, but I would say in my top ten, borderline top five producers of all time, and I'm talking all genres of music, is one Mr. Terry Date. Oh, wow, he produced, huh? And Terry Date, this was the third album he he worked on. And back in this time, Terry Date was, you know, some albums he was credited as full producer, some he was engineer and mixer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but to me, this guy is just a genius, you know. And and I hold him accountable because in my ears, he's done bands that are, you know, he did all the classic Panteras. He did Deftones, two bands you couldn't get more different. But I love the sound that he got out of each one of them. I love what he did with Overkill. You know, I, I think he produced the best Overkill records. You know, this, this guy is just like, he knows what to get out of a band. Now, granted, this is very early in his career. But, uh, uh, here, we, here we go. And I'll, 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 we're not going to go because 
I need to talk about this. You were discussing the first Ringer album, right? Yeah. This guy donated for me to do the first Ringer album versus the first Nelson album, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, suck versus suck. I listened to both albums and I was like, dude, even Nelson, I said, I can't say this sucks. Now, granted, I wouldn't go out and buy these albums, but I really didn't think the first Winger album sucks, excluding that horrible cover of, of fucking Purple Haze. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, God, that was horrible. That, I couldn't. But I'm listening to this Winger album. I remember the song Hungry. I was like, yeah. this is not bad. Yeah. And uh, a couple, oh, Madeline, which I remember back then I hated. And I'm yeah. listening to it now, and I'm like, this ain't bad. It's kind of rocks. And there was an, I think it may have been emergency. I don't know. There was another one. I was like, yeah, there were a couple other ones going, okay, now this is the winger I remember. But, and Nelson too. I'm listening to Nelson. I'm like, you know, I wouldn't buy this. And it, it's not great. But, you know, <laughs> all these suck versus sucks I've done with yeah. Poison and Nine Arm Death Leopard and recently Danger Danger. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Is that shit? Get naughty. Oh, naughty, naughty. Dude, that makes fucking Winger sound like Pantera, bro. So, I I, I don't think, at my grumpy old age, I'm listening to to Winger and Nelson, and I'm thinking, all right, I wouldn't go out buy this, but I cannot say, and when I put up the video, I did not put suck versus suck. Now, the comment section, everybody's like, it sucks, it sucks. Yeah, you all think it sucks, but honestly, to me, it was... I wouldn't say it was great. It was passable. I can't put it in the league of poison and danger, danger, and shit like that. You know, right? But but here again, too, we're at different ages, too. You know, what what do you mean? Like nine years apart? Yeah, but you know, the the thing I notice about you, I guess your generation, because I'm not just blaming you for this. Like everything I grew up on, I still love with a passion today. Where there's a lot of stuff you grow up on, you listen to, and you're like, oh, how did I like this? That's never happened to me. The club, and I still love it, is like, okay, I can tell Metal Health is dated, but I still I still think it has a charm, you know? Yeah, no, I still love Metal Health. I would say I would say Kiss is one of the biggest that I've just like, and, and that's the one band, if you would have asked me fucking 30 years ago, I'd say I never grew out of. But I, but I did. But I still love those old Kiss albums. I, I, I still do. But now I, I kind of see it for what it is. I took off the rose-colored glasses, and it's not as great as what I thought it was. Uh, you know, and, and stuff like Winger, I can see like, like there's some shit on Win- the Winger's first album that I love. Winger's second album is fucking horrible, man. Oh like, my god! Wait, what's the name of it? In the Winger Two, in the heart of the young. Yeah. He listens oh. to our show all the time. By the way, shout out to my good buddy from Canada, Jackson Rowdy, who sends me, you know, shit you'll hate, like Jack Panzer, all these metal shit he sends me that I love, Blind Guardian. Dude, he sent me that Winger album on oh. CD, and I, and I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, ah, just oh. wait if you don't like it. And I was like, I but still that- have to put it on you. But then again, when it came out, I was like, I was like, ooh, no. I mean, I liked like maybe two, three songs, but I was like, oh, this is really bad. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of at that angry old man stage where I think you're, you're getting into senility, where you're just happy to be alive. 
Yeah, I'm like, and you're more forgiving than I am. Where I'm like, a lot of these albums lately, I listen to it, it's like, I ain't got time for this shit. I'm going to die someday. And I just wasted this time listening to this shit, you know? Yeah. Like, when, like, like, when you get older, Ian, you'll be like, man, I'll be dead soon. I might as well enjoy this shit. But yeah. I, will, I will say this, dude. I got a track-by-track track album battle, which, dude, one of the worst. Dude, this shit is like, I would even say it's worse than Poison and Nine Arm Death Leopard and Danger Danger combined. You ever heard of a band called, oh fuck, was it, is there a band called Wild Hearts? Is that the name of it? Uh, yeah, they're an English band, the Wild Hearts, yeah. Oh my God, it's that, that, that uh, pop punk shit where uh, the songs, yeah. it starts like really cool, some of the songs, and then the vocals come in with the whoa, uh oh, oh. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I, I I know of them, but but I never listened to them. They got a uh, member of the band called Ginger, was the lead guy, and sure, they they they, they they used to write a lot about them in Kerrang because it's English magazine <laughs> and an English band. They're fucking terrible. But yeah, I never checked them out. But yeah, I, I'm at that age where I, I get mad now because I feel like I'm robbed. And I was like, yeah, let me just stick with what's good. And it's probably not the best mindset. You know, I still like to try new music, but more so than not, I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? Okay, you know, there's a reason. But let me get into this because this is an album, I will say, I listened to this album six times. I can't remember the last time I listened to an album we were going to review six times. It probably helped that it was only 37 minutes long. And I kept thinking, oh, maybe I just need to lighten up. Maybe I'm not in the right frame of mind or whatever. And this opening track, In the Fallout, is one I will say grew on me. Uh, on the fifth listen, this one grew on me. But it still sounds to me like fifth place in Battle of the Bands. There is nothing original, nothing standout. Uh, this band sounds like they look. Like I, I looked at them, and it was exactly what I pictured. Uh, you know, not not a, a pretty boy in the fucking bunch. I, I mean, the only member of this band that went on to really do anything, if you want to call it that, is Ken Mary. Uh, the drummer who would go on to play with Alice Cooper uh, in the King Roberts era, uh, you know, the cock rock era of Alice Cooper. And uh, he also played with House of Lords, who was sound, signed to Simmons Records. Uh, it, this one did grow on me, but there's just something so amateur hour about this shit. This reminds me of a band, uh, like I picture... You know, these kids in 1986 saying, oh, you know, my uncle's band is, is playing at shenanigans in the parking lot. You know, they got a new foosball table and they're having a fucking jamboree out in the parking lot and they're opening up for John K. Steppenwolf. But, you know, they're not the first, you know, they're probably the first opening band. It's just amateur hour here. This is all shit I've heard a million times and a million times better. And to me, the singer has, while he can sing, there's no, there's nothing distinctive about his voice. There's nothing 
There's nothing about this band at all that separates them from the pack. I hear has, metal police coming to get you. That, that, that has an X factor. You know, that, that is something like, okay, I'm going to sign this band. I, there's some competent musicians in the band, so I can see why they were signed to Shrapnel. But I, I don't see anything that would have got them signed to a major... Uh, you know, or would have got them on, on the radio again. Not that that's always a good thing. But even when it's traditional metal, but it's it, it's third-rate traditional metal to my ears. But I will say maybe shit will change because I won't give up on this, but I will check out the second and third album. I'm actually very interested to see where they progress from here because I heard this album is very more uh, very much more power metal which right off the bat you lose me there uh, than the other releases so i'm not ready to give up on them this song did grow on me i would say this is tied for my first or second favorite track on the album what do you think oh man <clears throat> this song rules it, it's a hard hitter and uh, I'm telling you, man, I slapped this album on today, man, after all these years. And yes, I'll admit it, I haven't heard this in a while. And after all this years, these years, I put this on, I'm like, God, this shit still kills. Especially the last minute of this song. It's just so badass. I mean, to me personally, this is real heavy metal. I mean, the, the heavy metal, you know, there's so many genres of metal. And this is the type of metal that's my favorite. I put it above all. I put this up there with like the Dio shit, like the traditional metal, like, you know, the early Maiden. And it's just, it's ripping. And I love, love, love Ted Pilot's voice. I think he's got an amazing voice. It's not like your high screaming shit, but he's got this great uh, melodic sensibility, but it still doesn't water it down. I, I love it, man. I love this song. Now, the second song, Shout It Out, uh, this is one I have kind of a problem with. You know, I think the best part of this song is the bridge and the ripping dual guitar solos, but I'm not a fan of the chorus of this song. I'm not too crazy about it. But other than that, I really dig it. I think it's a mid-tempo rocker. What do you think? Uh, to me, this sounds like bad Dio. Uh really bad imitation of Dio. Again, to me, the singer has no presence. Nothing that stands out. And I hate I hate the T.S. And by T.S., I mean Twisted Sister. Like, show! Show! It just screams. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that I didn't like. The, that yeah. chorus. And, and, and that's what I mean by generic metal. You know, like, uh, you know, anybody seen Repo Man? You know, they showed the beer that just says beer on it. To me, this is just like generic metal. And I even I even looked for a picture. I was trying to find some, like a generic beer can that just said metal on it. Because I made a post uh, before we recorded. I said, I'm drinking generic beer, listening to a generic metal album. You know, show me on the dial where I touched you guys. Um, you know, to pick this shit. And yeah, this one... You know, I kind of had a hope, like, I, you know, when I was listening to this, like, fifth or sixth time, and in the fallout finally hit me, I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe the rest will come along. And then I heard this one, I was like, no, 
No. So then we go to the third song, Call Out the Warning. Uh, let's see, what did I write? More bar band generic metal bullshit. If you like Tony Martin metal, this will probably work for you. Not up to snuff for me. What do you think of Call Out the Warning? Love it. This is where they come back to me and track. It's like pure traditional metal at its finest. You know, all the elements I love in metal is like all in this song. It's hard driving. And again, Ted Pilot's voice on this is so infectious. I love Call Out the Warning. Um, but the next one is, like I said, the first song I ever heard from them on the metal shop where I was like, oh my God, what the, who the fuck is this? You know, hearing this song, Fifth Angel, I, I needed to buy it. I think it's fucking perfect. It makes me want to raise my fist and bang my head. You know, no better music in the world than heavy fucking metal. And this song and album is just that, man. I love Fifth Angel. This, uh, and, you know, I mean, it's the song that made me get it, but not really my favorite. But, boy, there's nothing bad I can say about this one. Love it. What do you think of Fifth Angel? Uh, I put, holy shit, wasn't this song on tier? And also, I could have swore the song was called Living Dead. I thought that's what he kept saying, but he's saying Fifth Angel. But I don't know, for my ears, I was like, what's this called, Living Dead? I don't know how the fuck I got that out of Fifth Angel. But then, you know, it, it kind of backs up how I feel about this, because to me, uh, tier is the worst Black Sabbath album. You know, a lot of people say 13, a lot of people say Forbidden. Uh, I think Tear is the absolute bottom of the barrel. Uh, generic fucking metal, you know, Black Sabbath for me. And the epitome of the disdain I have for the Tony Martin era. Even though I like Eternal Idol, you know, that would definitely be my favorite Tony Martin era Sabbath album. But to me, this sounds like some, some power... Metal Dungeons and Dragons crap doesn't do it for me. But uh, I'll take the next song, Wings of Destiny. Oh my. And I'm waiting in my cold cell when the bells begin to chime. What a fucking ripoff. You listen to this intro. What a ripoff. Oh, yeah. You know, now that you mention it, I do hear Hallow Be Thy Name in that intro. Oh my god, even like, you know, the ding-ding on the cymbals and shit. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I know how you put the songs, you know, when we're talking about them. You hear this shit, tell me you don't hear fucking uh, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Uh, you know, and, and this kind of like rip-off fucking ballad bullshit uh, almost makes me miss Don't Cry. You know, and, and I, I would put this as, as bad as Don't Cry by Guns N' Roses. Uh, even though I know this comes from a, a pure place in metal history. Uh, but man, it, again, it sounds like a bar band trying to play Iron Maiden. And, and they're nowhere near fucking Iron Maiden. And there's another song on this album that I'll get to later that is a blatant ripoff of another incredible metal band. Uh, yeah, but this one, uh, the wings of destiny, uh, it's just, it's fucking amateur hour. That's all I got. What do you think? Well, uh, I think this is the perfect 
type of power ballad. It is the type of power ballad I like. Not that, ooh, baby, you're the one bullshit. This shit starts mellow and then gets kind of beefy and fast and solid and those goddamn guitar solos. This is my type of ballad. You know, fuck your, you know, your fucking, uh, ooh, baby, you're the one. And boy, have I heard a lot of that crap lately. Oh, man, you got to <laughs> No, no, actually, you better not listen to the ballad Danger Danger through on their album. Woo! Ooh, I, oh, I can only imagine. Dude, Danger Danger, one of the songs, they go, you look so good in your birthday suit. And then they go, I can't whistle now. But you know the, the cat call whistle? You look good yeah. in your birthday suit. Woo! Woo! <laughs> no, you, know, you know, it's so... You know what's so fucked up, though? And you told me before I went into it. I wanted to hate this cocksucker so bad because I hated Danger Danger and Tough and shit like that. I really... As much as I like, you know, what a lot of people think is some pussy cock rock shit, man, when it came to shit like that, no fucking way was I on board with that shit. But I saw Andy Timmons open up for Uli John Roth. So did I. And I just wanted to hate that shit. But God damn, could that motherfucker play? I said God that track by track. I go, man, I got I yeah. to give a side note here. Daddy Timmons, which, by the way, the Danger Danger album I did, he only played on two songs. But either way, I was like, that motherfucker is a beast. A beast. Yeah. But you know what? You can say that about a lot of hair bands. A lot of these shitty hair bands have great guitar players. You know? Yeah, yeah, but Andy Andy Timmons in Danger Danger is like Eddie Van Halen in Hurricane Alice. Yeah. Or or, or Van Hagar. <laughs> you oh, yeah. know? Uh, uh, Uli Roth in Shark Island. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm glad you, you like this one uh, better than me. Why don't, why don't you flip the album over and take uh, Side 2's opening track, The Night. My favorite, my favorite on here. Killer pounding track, neck breaking speed track with some of the greatest dual, dual guitars track I have heard, you know, up there with Denner Sherman and Tipton Downey. What these two dudes do on guitar, it's so clean and, and, and melodic, but at the same time, metal as fuck. The night rules. This is hands down. Well, I wouldn't even say hands down, but it is my favorite track off the album, The Night Rules. Love it. All right. Well, I say great. Now they're now they're playing bad docking. Because I hear this, all I hear is tooth and nail era docking, uh, and and not as good. Uh, but again, I've I've heard much worse than this band. But to me, it, 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 this sounds like a docking cover band playing, you know, uh, opening night at Scuttlebutts. Uh, not not uh, a big thing. <laughs> is there a cl- is there a uh, club called Scuttlebutts? There was a strip club in Slidell, Louisiana, called Scuttlebutts. <laughs> Scuttlebutt. <laughs> What's a Scuttlebutt? Uh, Scuttlebutt. I believe it, it's something to do with a boat or like a small, like a schooner or like like one of those boats you see, like somebody's on a big boat. And uh, they get on another one, or maybe that's a guy that cleans the boats. I don't know. No, it's scuttlebutts. Yeah, you're wrong. I just googled it. it oh, only, what is it? It only says uh, 
three words on it. Scuttlebutt means Kansas City hot plate. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I wish I could remember this. I looked up a thing. Uh, well, I, I, just, I looked it up. I saw it on Facebook the other day. And uh, it was it was like talking about like your what should be your sexual position, and I, I can't remember what mine was, but yours was uh, a Montreal trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> that mine? Yeah, yeah. Your because I looked up yours and mine. I, I saw mine and I was laughing at what the fuck it was. And then I was like, ah, I wonder what Ralph says. It was Montreal trampoline. I'm like, oh, that just sounds perfect. You know, I don't know what that means, but yeah, it sounds like something I'd like. <laughs> it does. It does. Mine was good too, but for some reason, I just remember yours. That's all. Okay. Scuttlebutt. Uh, uh, yeah, Scuttlebutts. That was a real strip club. Wow. Uh, uh, funny story. I was working with this guy. And I still work with them, even though we're at different uh, campuses. But, uh, you know, you and me love the mom jokes and shit. So we're, we're working one day, and uh, he says something about scuttlebutts. And he was talking about being a kid driving past it with his mom, and his mom pointed it out, you know, the scuttlebutts and laughing at the name. And I go, oh, what, she just wanted to show you where she worked? <laughs> and he, he got so pissed off. And he pulled me aside later. He's like, hey, I, I, I don't mind if you make fun of me and you tease me, but don't say anything about my mama. God, people and are I so like, hateful, man. I, I know, but, you know, I, I respected that, you know, he pulled me aside and said it. He didn't, you know, right. do it in front of everybody else at work. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Really? I'm not... I'm not making fun of your mom. It's it's a fucking it's a joke. It's what guys do. I don't know. I just I grew up in a different era where nothing was fucking sacred. Yeah. You know, and, and it was all about the joke. Was the joke funny? Was the joke delivered on time? Was it off the cuff? You know, and and some people take it so seriously. I think of all the shit we've said about each other's mothers, and it's like, God damn, if we took that shit seriously. You know, God, to, to live a life like that, to where something like that could hurt you, that words could hurt you like that. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful we're uh, a little bit more thick-skinned. Yeah, I'm telling you, if we if we weren't that thick-skinned, our show would be as terrible as, that, as when Terrence was on it. Oh, God. Speaking of his whore mother. Uh, Scuttlebutt. Right. Scuttlebutts. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, Rear End Sally. <laughs> God, uh, I missed my opportunity. I'm so fucking sad that filthy fucking whore is dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. All right. Next song. Only the Strong Survive. Um, didn't Marky Mark sing this in Rockstar? Uh, this reminded me of one of those horrible songs. This... This could actually be the worst song on here. This reminded me of those horrible songs in Rockstar, which, believe it or not, I like that movie. Oh, but, oh, but the song, oh, but the, really? I, oh, I, I'm a bitch, dude. I, you know, I made a joke with a guy at the time that it came out. I go, 
I go, Rockstar is a chick flick for guys. Oh, you know? It, but the songs in it were so horrible, and then it totally made sense that most of them were written by Sammy Hagar. Really? I don't know if you knew this. He, I think, I mean, I'm trying to remember, I think it was the singer from uh, Steelheart. Yeah, it was, yes. That, that sang the songs, but uh, uh, Sammy wrote like two or three of the songs. And they were just so generic and bland, you know. Well, like, I know he didn't write the one song I liked on it. The one that went, living the life that I can live, something like that. I like that song from that movie. Oh, no I don't know. Sammy wrote that. I bet you he did. I don't know. I, I I think he's singing. Stand up and shout. Yeah, that shit sucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what this sounds like to me—is that stand up and shout shit. Uh, yeah. I big pass on only the strong survive. By far worst track on the album. What do you think? Oh, I love it. I love the punchy riffs, the killer vocals. <laughs> Uh, this is totally in my wheelhouse, man. Not that rock star shit. Uh, this is like, and Ken Mary, man, what a beast on the drums. And here he's really showcasing. Well, he showcased more on the night, but I love it, dude. I think this, uh, this is a very powerful track, man. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll take the next one. Cry Out the Fools. Now, the chorus is borderline with me. I don't think it's bad, but... I don't think it's great either, but the rest, fucking A. This shit rules so hard that it kind of makes me overlook that chorus. That, you know, I don't think I would like this song if the if the whole out, the whole song was kind of like the chorus. Um, but I can overlook it because I think this song is great. The rest of it's great. And that fucking solo, holy pizza skulls. So underrated. It, it, it hurts my metallic balls how much this shit rules. But yeah, I got to say, the chorus, yeah, it's half-baked. They should have worked a little harder on the chorus. But other than that, <laughs> I think this song's pretty damn badass. All right. Well, it just shows you what opposite ends of the spectrum we're on because this is the one that's tied for me uh, for best song on the album. That's a great song. Uh, I think it's a great song. Between this and and in the in the fallout, but I gotta say, in hindsight, like even hearing it in my head, I think this is the best song. And the chorus doesn't bother me at all. I think this would probably be my favorite, the standout track on the album. Uh, you know, I wrote in my notes, uh, nothing great, but nothing offensive like the rest. But still, there's something about this that stands out uh, and rises to the top. On a, on a mediocre album. I, re I really dig it. But then I'll take the, the next track. Holy shit. Fade to Flames. Uh, I liked it a lot better when it was called Don't Talk to Strangers. Holy <laughs> shit, does this rip that song off. And then I put, is this why Ralph hates the 80s? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. As I call it. Yeah, the Gaties. Fuck Stranger Things. Go, keep going. Uh, again, I've heard much, much, much worse than this. But what a blatant ripoff of Don't Talk to Strangers this is. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know what's more of a blatant ripoff. You know, the beginning of this one or the one where they did uh, Hallow Be Thy Name. Uh, 
but it just reinforced that to me this was a bar band a bar band that could afford a fucking demo and somehow it got picked up by shrapnel but yeah i almost see like their hearts are in the right place but they just don't know how to write songs but they're getting better at their instruments, but none of them are good looking. And, you know, it's just like everything in the world was probably against this band. And uh, I, I don't know. It, it's just uh, an unoriginal way to end an unoriginal album. There's just, there's so much better music out there than this. And, and, and that's my thing. There, there's so much more worse than this. That's for goddamn sure. But this, this this shit wasn't reinventing the wheel. This wasn't setting no fucking trends. And there's a reason why this is one of those forgotten fucking bands. Because a lot of it's forgettable, in my opinion. But what do you think of the last song, Fade to Flames? Well, you know, um, I said what I said before when we started the show. I think this album is all killer, no filler. But if I had to pick my least favorite, it would be this badass song. I think the guy's vocals are fucking amazing. I think the song is kick-ass. But even, there's nothing about this, like, you know, cry, cry out for the souls and shout it out. I wasn't too keen on the chorus. This one doesn't have nothing wrong with it, but yet, as a whole, I don't think it's as strong as the rest of the album, but I love it. I do love it. But yeah, you know, anything I got to say about this is that, yeah, if I had to pick a least favorite, it'd be Fate of Flames, but I love it. I do I do love the song. And uh, that's the end of uh, Point Counterpoint, you ignorant slut. <laughs> Jane, you ignorant slut. Uh, well, just to show you, there, there's, I, I guess... I shouldn't say more people because not a lot of people heard this album, but as far as critics, they definitely side with Ralph more than me. Really? Uh, yeah. All, all Music gave this a four out of five and credited in, in a book I almost consider a heavy metal Bible, which is The Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal by Martin Popoff. He gave this album a 10 out of 10. Wow. Mark? Yes. Really? Yes, yes, and uh, God damn it, I cannot wait till we get Martin on this show. Yeah, I'll talk to him in a couple weeks. No, this yeah, I, I am I am gonna fanboy the shit out of uh, Martin Popoff because uh, uh, especially that book, Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal, uh, is such an important book to me that I read cover to cover, and I actually have it put away because it, it's literally falling apart. And I was so sad, I tried to order another copy and it's out of print. A lot uh, of it. Dude, every time Martin puts out a book and if it's of interest to you, get it. Yeah. eventually gonna be- Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and I have, I have marked multiple books by Martin. I, I think he's a terrific writer. Well, you, you, I believe you own Doom Let Loose, right? Oh yes. Oh All yes. Right. That's been out of print forever, but I want to let everybody know that he has uh, an extended version of it, and it's two books. Uh, the first one from the '70s, I can't remember what he called it, and the second yeah. is called Born Again, and yeah. from the '80s. And 
So you can get Doom Let Loose, but it's kind of extended on uh, those two copies, which I actually bought them. And I was like, oh shit, this is like Doom Let Loose, but you know, expanded. Yeah, and I, I've got books that he's written on Rush. I've got books that he's written on Blue Easter Colt. Uh, but Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal, uh, I bought in the mid-90s. And it was it never left my bathroom. Every time I had to take a shit, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then. So I would sit there, take a nice fucking long, creamy shit, and fucking just read it from cover to cover. And I highlighted all the albums that I had and shit. And oh, and 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 ninety five percent of the time I agreed with him. So that made me think he was smart, uh, <laughs> you know. But hey, he he loves this album, so yeah, there yeah. you go. But you know, Martin's also closer to your age, and he probably grew up on this album. Whereas right. I'm here, I'm hearing it now for the first time, and it's not standing out to me. But it might to somebody else, and I can't say this enough. Oh, it will. I've heard so much worse than this, but there's just nothing that that stood out. So it's it's not. We have, we have a fan base that agrees with me over you and vice versa, agrees right. with you over me. So I would tell the people that agree with me over you, really fucking, if you haven't heard this album, you need to listen to it. It's yeah. it's like a must. If you like that traditional metal stuff, it's, uh, you know, it's got that new wave of British heavy metal all over it, too. That's another thing I love, because I love that new Wobbum shit, you know, and this has really a a thick uh, new wave of British heavy metal vibe to it. And Ted Pilot's voice, he's guitar player. And of course, Ken Mary. I just think, you know, I mean, fuck musicianship though. In the end, it's all about the song. And uh, the songs really like, if you like, like for example, Sanctuary Into the Mirror Black, even though yeah. this sounds nothing like Sanctuary Into the Mirror Black, but it's in the wheelhouse that if you like that, you'll like this, which is more tame, not as progressive, but it's still got that yeah. metal, you know, thing. Yeah, I, I would ag I would agree with that. And, and you know, there's a lot of people, you know, I saw a post um, on the Facebook page. You know, a lot of people couldn't believe that I didn't like uh, san the Sanctuary album. So even if you normally agree with, me, you know, on me with a lot of stuff, check this out because you might like it. It might just be where, you know, I don't have a history with it and where my headspace and my tastes are now. It it, it didn't fucking land, but, you know. Uh, it's better than Galactic Cowboys, <laughs> you know. That ain't saying much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's our review of this. It was released January 1986. Produced by Terry Date and the band Fifth Angel, released on Shrapnel Records, and then was re-released in 1988 on Epic Records. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, when did the Shrapnel one come out? Two years earlier? Yeah, 86. Interesting, because I discovered it in 88. I didn't. I never looked at the vinyl I bought to see what year that came out. Yeah, yeah. They didn't it, change it at all, actually. There's no different sound to it. It's identical. Right. And it was recorded uh, in 84 and 85. Wow. That yeah. is even better to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes me hate it even more because it should have been better. But 
But yeah, that that's the history on this. And then they had, uh, you know, their their major label, you know, with '89's "Time Will Tell." That's the one. The theme song was on Howard Stern, and then that was it until uh, 2019. Yeah, no, 17. Great album, man. Yeah, something time. I forgot. I got it on vinyl. Yeah, I have it, but I haven't listened to it yet. Much like the second album. Yeah, it was called uh, "The Third Secret." That's it. The third. The, the title track's my favorite song off of it. Yeah, we released uh, 2018 on Nuclear Blast. Something War. There's a song Something War on there. Holy shit, that shit rolls. Well, I yeah, I will check. I will check the other albums out. This this isn't something so bad. I would give up on the band altogether. This one just was a miss for me. But uh, now it's time for you to sing your song, Ralph. It's the only time it's cool to say Ian before Ralph. Pick of the week. All right. And my pick of the week is a band that was, you can tell, was definitely, definitely an influence on this band. Uh, And I'm going to pick their best album, in my opinion. Their greatest fucking album to me. Uh, there's little room for debate, even though I know a lot of people won't agree with me. I'm going with the 1981 album from Iron Maiden Killers. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of you who are like, well, I already know Killers. That's a shitty pick of the week. Listen to it again. Listen to it again and, and just see why I think it's the greatest album of all time. Uh, and I love... The other, I love the Bruce Dickinson era. You know, I love, you know, from the first album to Somewhere in Time, I, I think is incredible. But I think this one, as as time moves on, I think this one just stays at the top. And you can see the influence on this Fifth Angel album. And to me, you can see the gazillion reasons why Maiden is better, <laughs> you know, and why... They stuck out and well, in my I, opinion, that maiden is better. This shit's better than later maiden. But uh man, to me it's just so good and, and Killers was a grower on me. For a long time, uh it was my least favorite Iron Maiden album. I would say up until you know, Fear the Dark, it was my least favorite. I just didn't get it as much. I you know, I was definitely more of a Bruce guy, and I, I loved the first Iron Maiden album, but there's just something about Killers. It wasn't as catchy. You didn't, you know, see any of the videos on MTV. But, man, time, as time goes on, I'm just like, fuck, it's so good, it's so good. And, you know, like you, Ralph, you know, you go back and forth on Killers and the and the first Maiden album. And, and I would say over the last 10 years, Killers has been my favorite overall. It's just phenomenal. I even listened to it today after I got done listening to Fifth Angels. Like, God damn, I need to hear some fucking legitimate real metal. Let me put on Killers. And I was just like, fuck, this is so good and powerful. And, oh, everything. Fly fucking burr, man. Everything that New Maiden is not. And what's funny is the same guy I was telling you about, I watched his ranking videos. Uh, he put Shitsitsu as the number two Iron Maiden album of all time. Wow. Yeah, yeah, number two. 
over all the other maiden elves. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to think uh, what number one was. It might have been Seventh Son, so that ought to tell you something. Yeah, uh, I had a midget. I had a midget unfriend me. This guy that lives down here, this fucking midget, unfriended me because I said I didn't like Seventh Son. <sighs> there, and, and, and Seventh Son was an album, and I talked about this on the show before. I was sitting in a dirty bookstore with my dad. <laughs> Good father-son bonding time. And we had just come from Sears, where I went and bought, you know, and I bought it in the long box. Remember long boxes? Oh, man. And, I, and I'm looking at the cover and everything, and I'm just, like, so enthralled with it. It was so beautiful looking. And this, this old pervert sitting there drinking his coffee and looking at, you know, the latest issue of Jugs. <laughs> was, was like, are you going to listen to this? You know, 10 years from now, you won't listen to this crap. This ain't real music. And I'm like, oh, this is all. And I think at this point, all I knew was, could I, can I play with madness? Ugh. And at that point, I thought that was the greatest Maiden song I ever heard. Like, oh, oh, oh. oh, yeah, but dude, I was 14. I know, but still, I got, it, it does deserve a, oh. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I, I get it, I get it now, but man, there was a time for years I thought Seventh Son was so good, and now I listen to it and I'm like, man, I mean, there's a couple of songs I like, but Moonshot oh, rules. I love oh, I, oh, I love, I love Moonshot. It's my favorite song on the album. Yeah. But you know, I listen to it and I hear all those fucking, you know, those keyboards and and oh, all this. Should die young. Oh, I, I know, but, but man, you, you know, it's it's like uh, the first album I bought was Seventh Son. Love Seventh Son. Uh, you know, 12 years old. Put it in fucking perspective. And, and, and then I hear this and I, I thought, oh, this was great. But then I go back and I discover all the other shit. And I'm just like, then you realize like, ah, oh. you know, and, and it, it made me think. Like you know, to my to my son, I've, I've said this before. He loves Load and Reload because that's when he discovered Metallica. You well, know, see, I can equate this with you, Ian. Like what you just said, your son likes Load and Reload. Why didn't you get into it? Because you were aware of Kill 'Em All. Yeah, right. Like, well, I was aware of Iron Man before Killers. I bought oh, the first main. I bought. Killers, Number of the Beast, Peace of Mind. Uh, I bought fucking everything. I even bought Seventh Son. I kept giving him a chance. Even after I heard Can I Play With Madness, I still yeah. bought the fucking album. But you see, that's the thing. You're saying, well, now I'm going back listening to all the old shit. I'm like, oh, I understand. Well, I was already into the old shit, so you can understand how horrified I was about oh, that shit, you know? No, and, I, and I do the same thing. Like, you know, I, I watch a lot of shit on YouTube, uh, you know, like horror movies and stuff like that. And I see all these younger kids that, that, you know, when you get into like the later day, Friday the 13th, it's like, man, I saw that shit as a 14-year-old. And I thought it was, you know, Friday the 13th Part 6 was fucking horrible. But to these kids, they, they love it because they've seen these movies out of order yeah, you, you know, and they don't know what came before. When you when you're set to a certain standard, and and then the new shit comes out and it's not as good, you're like, ah, what the fuck? 
But if you hear it originally and you don't mind it, it, it's not as offensive. And that's how I'm like with Ultimate Sin. I still love Ultimate Sin, but that is the first Ozzy I ever fucking heard. If the, the first Ozzy I heard was Diary of a Madman, yeah, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. So it goes back to timeline, and I try to keep that in perspective. Even though I just think, well, why can't you figure it out? I did, but it, it, it is what it is. It's your childhood, and it goes back to like what I said about Winger. You know, I was fucking 14 when Winger came out, you know? Yeah, you know, I guess I would be just like you because, you know, when I was growing up, I had all these albums you worship like yeah in my first listen that's why i couldn't get into ultimate sin and you know somewhere in time believe it or not i have warmed up to someone i mean i always yeah. loved alexander great but ryan turned me on to uh lonely is the longest and runner which i never right. loved. i love that song now right I, I i love wasted years i love deja vu you know yeah. but the rest i don't like but everything i just named i love the song the very first Iron Maiden song I ever heard was Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah, I'm not and, a fan of that. And I just thought it was incredible. So I hear the other stuff and I was like, oh, this is all just like Kiss, you know? The, the, you know, uh, aside from maybe Rock and Roll All Night and I Was Made for Loving You, the first song I heard was Tears Are Falling. And at 12 years old, I thought that was the fucking bee's knees, man. That was some fucking awesome shit so i go back and hear the other and it's all gravy but man if i grew up with fucking rock and roll over and all that shit and then i hear that shit i'd be like yeah this is some goofy fucking shit you know what the fuck you know but it it's it's like i i don't know if you know the, the first thing you ever gets a fucking hand job you probably think that's cool and then a blowjob will blow your fucking mind, yeah. <laughs> you know? But you might be partial to that hand job if that's the first thing that ever happened. Not enough. I grew up on Rock and Roll Over and Double Platinum and all that shit. 70s. I was a 70s kid. Yeah. You, I, you, I, I love you, Asylum, though. I love that album. I just yeah. hate Tears of Fallen. I hate Radar for Love, and I hate Who Wants to Be Lonely. But the rest, I love. well, maybe there's another one, another Gene song. But I love Secretly Cruel. King of the Mountain, you know, and any way you slice it, it's ultra cheese, but I love it, you know? But, you know, it, it, it's like you grew up on fucking anal, and then all of a sudden these guys start releasing hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's like what it is, but, you know, if, you know, the first time you, you get a hand job, it's like anal, you're like, hey, this, this is pretty cool, you know? Yes. I, I grew up with chicks sucking my cock, swallowing my cum. Going to, ew, what's that, pre-coma? Uh, uh, you know? Yeah. You grew up with Terrence's mom, you know? Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I came up I came up with a hand job. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, listen to Iron Maiden fucking killers. You know, you should have it in your collection. And if you do, go listen to it again. Just 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 listen to it and appreciate, you know. Uh, the shortness of the songs, like Maiden, getting to the fucking point, not all this fucking bullshit, repetitive fucking choruses and wankery and shit. Listen to them when they had some fucking edge. Purgatory. Some, yeah, you know, fucking Twilight Zones, like t two fucking, like two minutes and 23 seconds long. 
and it's fucking better than it is Empire of the fucking clouds fucking tears of a clown bullshit they're putting it's it's just it's masturbatory it's repetitive it's it's fucking I, I mean put that up against old school maiden like get the fuck out of here Wrathchild yeah innocent exile exactly fucking prodigals you want to hear some progressive shit prodigal son to me they never progressed after that you know that's progressive i think that may be my favorite maiden song of all time prodigal son oh fucking amazing amazing you know and i I went back home a couple years ago and, and you know i'm hanging out with you know my childhood best friend and we listened to maiden together and maiden was you know maiden and kiss those were our two favorites and i and you know, we're driving around the country drinking and shit, and I put on Prodigal Son, and I'm like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, I never really listened to Killers, you know? I don't really, yeah, I don't really know this song, and I'm like, oh my god! You know? Yeah. But 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 he loves Seventh Son, you know? Oh, there you go. That explains you, it all. What are you gonna do? But that's what we grew up on, you know, so... Anyway, what's your pick of the week? Enlighten the people. Give them something to aspire to, something to check out. All right. Well, I'm gonna. You inspired me because I thought of something while you we were talking, but then when you brought up the killers thing, I go, you know, I should talk about this too because you were saying, oh, that's a lame pick of the week because I already know it. And you're saying, well, listen to it again. Well, I got one that's very, very man. Seriously, after you're done listening to Killers, put on Black Sabbath War Pigs. Yes, that is a bad. Oh, that's a bad pick of the week. We, I've heard that to death, dude. I play. I had my shit on shuffle the other day, and that song came on, and I was like, dude, you know, I haven't heard this in a while because of the burnout factor. But my God, War Pigs is like so fucking good, dude. I mean, every note, the whole thing, Ozzy's voice and. My God, man. Oh, Lord, yeah. Bill Ward. All right. That's my quick little, just go back and listen to this. Now, I usually don't do this. I usually pick something very different than what we reviewed. But no, I'm going to pick something that Ian will probably hate. Because this is traditional metal perfection. Um, uh, And don't be confused because there's three bands called Warriors. There's the one with Vinnie Vincent. There's a killer new wave of British heavy metal band that only released a single. No, it was more than a single. I think maybe an album where Combat covered uh, one of their songs, Stabbing, Stabbing the Back. But I'm talking about The Warrior from 1985, maybe. And the album's called Fighting for the World. It is perfection. It was. It's like the Fifth Angel. It's like... But, you know, the, I mean, this guy can scream his ass off. Did you ever hear Atomic Playboys? Is that the name of it? Steve Stevens? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Poor it was that, that singer. Was oh, okay. Warrior. That guy, Perry I, I I know I have it, but I haven't listened to it. Dude, I, have, you'll, you'll, I have it in my collection. Yeah, you'll probably listen and go, this is generic shit. But trust me, anybody that likes this Fifth Angel Warrior is even better. I think that album is like probably the... No, hands down, the most underrated metal album ever released. It was re-released. It was on MCA, but it was re-released on Metal Blade years later. And there's not a bum track on it. Listen to that title track. It is so bombastic and metal. And that guy's voice with his screaming. It is just 
perfection. You know, the big fan of that album, our buddy Ron Dimer. Yeah. Um, well, he, I know you, you've talked about this album before. I might, it might have been a pick of the week before, but it deserves to be a pick of the week again. No, no, I get it. I, I get it. And I'll check it out because I do have it in the collection. Uh, going back to your first pick, though, uh, you know, Paranoid, I think an important thing with that is listen to it as an album. You know, yeah, you're right. You're right. You, you know, because uh, I, I know I suffered that same thing with Zeppelin. I got so tired of every station, get the let out. You hear the same fucking songs and shit. But man, sometimes if you listen to an album like it was released and recorded, it, it, it takes away from the burnout factor. You know, the way they flow into one another and the way... Yeah, Planet you know, Yeah, and, and you'll hear that one song that, okay, well, I haven't heard this one as much as I have Paranoid. But when you hear them all in a row and the way they were intended and, you know, the way people grew up on them, it, it takes a whole nother kind, like, like Comfortably Numb. I never want to hear Comfortably Numb by itself. It comes on the radio. I'm like, oh, change it. But if I'm listening to The Wall, which almost any time I listen to The Wall, it's from start to finish, it's just, it's perfect. You know, and, and that's the way Paranoid is. There's certain songs that you're like, oh. But if you listen to it from start to finish, it's just like, wow, what a masterpiece, you know. And I, I encourage more people to, to do that. I mean, I know, like, I, I'm as guilty as anybody. On my phone, I have thousands of albums. And when I load up an album, I load up an album. I don't, you know, cherry pick songs and do all that. But a lot of times I have my shit on random, you know, just for variety's sake. But there'll be some stuff that, you know, you might want to skip. But if you were listening to it as a whole, it just makes a lot more sense and is a lot more impactful. You know, I think. Yeah, well, like I said, man, just, you know, even if you don't want to hear it, you don't want to invest, just listen to war pigs man that song is so brutally awesome and so ahead of its time and you know back then it was all peace and this and that and these fuckers were you know fucking the generals in hell and satan laughing spreads its wings it's just so fucking amazingly perfect and it's why they are my favorite band along with uh that those two albums and that ep of merciful fate in the 80s greatest shit ever man music to my ears man they are my gods you know people talk about jesus and buddha and all these religions dude black sabbath is my religion and i saw them like other than all your other religions where it's like these people you never see i actually saw black sabbath i saw my gods you know and it was the year 2000 and it was the first show of the tour where ozzy's voice wasn't blown out yet and it was the first time they came back with Bill Ward. It was a religion. Dude, literally, I had a religious experience, especially during Sweetly, which I don't know why. I mean, I love the song. But that song, when they played that song in Settlers, I felt kind of like an out-of-body experience. And I'm not even saying a joke here. It really is religion to me, that fucking music these guys did. They were just so... They're, they're, they, dude, like you were talking about earlier, you know, Fifth Angel, they're perfectly rated. Well, yeah, Black Sabbath is perfectly rated, too. The way how everybody glows about them, you know. 
Uh, honestly, man, anybody out there that doesn't like Black Sabbath, that's your that's your fucking that's your opinion. But I would never leave my wallet around you. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, to quote the great Zach Wilde and Charlie Benente, put your put your faith in whiskey and weed and Black Sabbath. Yeah, because it's goddamn electric. <laughs> you goddamn right. And, and 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 here's even more proof positive about War Pigs. That is a song that's so great. Even Ronnie James Dio couldn't make it better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, even even that man could not best what Bill Ward, Ozzy Osbourne, Geezer Butler, and Tony Iommi did. That's that's saying something. If he can't make it better, that shit's perfect. Because it's pure organic human, you know. Not because. So, come on, let's face it. Ryan James Dio was superhuman, you know? Yeah. Uh, heaven and hell, mob rules. Perfection. Perfection. You know, but with Ozzy, it was human. You know, it had a more of a human, organic element to it that, you know, it, it was just so... That band, dude. I mean, that rhythm section of Geezer and, and Bill is just... Yeah. Henry Rollins said it. Greatest rhythm section ever. And he's right. Uh, yeah. He's, He's 100% correct. Oh, that's another thing I thought was funny. That guy that ranked the Sabbath albums, he said the worst Sabbath album of all time is Never Say Die. Yeah, well, that's that's actually a, a trendy thing to say, though. Yeah. Martin Popoff loves that album, actually. Yeah, well, that's why I love Martin Popoff. Yeah, Martin even, even though he does love Down to Earth, and I'm going to talk to him about that's that. That's his shit. favorite Rainbow album. Yeah, I know, but I, I think that's just Canadian humor. I don't think he's serious. I'll talk, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to him about that. Uh, Martin rules. But now it's time to go into fan of the week, the guy that's before, responsible. Before we, the, before we go into the fan of the week, you remember the guy's name on our page the, that hates Martin Popoff with a passion? Who's that? I don't know his name, but... Oh. He wrote the... He kept saying, Martin is wrong, Martin is wrong, and then I guess you added him. To the to the group, and oh, he saw I? it, and he left the comment going, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> That's funny. I am wrong. Fuck that. That's funny. Oh, that, another reason why I can't wait to get Martin on here. Yeah, he's a good dude. That shit's gonna be fun. All right. Well, now it's time to go fan of the week. The man that's partially responsible for this, the great Daniel Lee, and. Uh, Man, as much as I was like, on this album, I can't blame Daniel. Like I said, he had three picks. It could have been Corrosion <laughs> Conformity's Blind. It could have been Death Symbolic. Or it could have been Fifth Angel. And Ralph was like, yeah, Fifth Angel. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not mad at you, Daniel Lee. It's all my fault. I'm, I'm very, very happy and appreciative that you donated. And uh, God damn it, I hope you like this episode. You should. Because even our fucking news segment is better than goddamn 99.9% .9 of every other podcast. Oh, no, dude. Every podcast. The only one that's neck and neck with us is Decibel Geek. Yep, Decibel Geek. Love them guys. Love them guys. And, and Freeform Rock Podcast. Oh, yeah, of course, Freeform. Yeah, we we got we got to say that or or fucking Mark Allen Taylor will freak out and threaten to quit the internet. 
You know, and what you know, you, what would the internet be without Mark Elton Taylor? Exactly. And you know what you just said. Now Mark's gonna write a post saying Ralph's right. I should quit. Oh God, it was so funny. I don't know if you saw what Mark's been posting lately. He's like, Mark doesn't like this, and Mark doesn't like that, and, and Chris Sinzak put. He goes, "Welcome to uh, the first person podcast," or I, I forget how he worded it. I just fucked it all up, but. Uh, basically, just goofing on Mark, talking about Mark in first person, you know. Uh, you know, well, Mark Allen Taylor doesn't like this, and I was just dying laughing. I just put, you're never alone with the schizophrenic. Yeah. So, Mark, goes, it, it's, Mark gets nuts. If you don't like what he likes, he starts yelling like, well, you know, people are bashing this, and people are bashing that. And then the next second, he's bashing some band. You know what? It's something if you do a podcast with Lee Gertzman and you're the crazy motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, Lee's normal. He's normal. Come yeah. on, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, Daniel, I want to thank you. you know, you're a big part yeah. of the page. Uh, you know, you've been here for a long time, man. You know, part of our, our fucking Down Under crew. And God damn it, we need to fucking, we need to go to Australia. Oh, man, some of the best fans ever. And, Daniel, I thank you so much for picking this. Hope you enjoyed yeah, it. Daniel, it isn't your fault that this Dungeon & Dragon virgin picked that one out of the three. Yeah, yeah. He hates pussy. He loves trainees, but he hates pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a tranny, goddammit. Yeah, and, and that's what power metal is. It's a chick with a dick. Yeah, exactly. Give me some of that. <laughs> Give me some of that she-cock. <laughs> Dig it out. Yeah. Take, take it outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. this is definitely, you know, shit for chicks that stands up to pee. Oh, God. All right. Well, if you like this, come back next week. And uh, if you were duped here by the fake headline, that's what you get. <laughs> But there will be another fan episode next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Listen to Freeform. <laughs>